Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting live from the DCR studio. Oh, yeah! The Geek Revolution starts here. Excellent! Get ready for the number one hit geek radio show out there. Well, it is impressive, isn't it? Because it's time for Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Welcome to another exciting episode of Dungeon Callers Radio. But, but, the but second it, to the it, final it, episode it, of this year. It says the, the moment you've all been waiting for. Yeah, they've been waiting all week what, to hear oh, it. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> Again. 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 Ooh. Yeah, we, we've got a, a lot of great stuff coming on. Uh, we're actually, tonight we're going to talk to the wonderful folks, uh, Gamers In, that have now, uh, that are our sponsors and yeah. have, are hosting us and giving this wonderful room in which we're broadcasting from. Yay! Uh, quiet. I know, it's quiet. <laughs> it's really weird. I'm, I'm used to like listening to gamers and a lot of weird, crazy techno music always going on. <laughs> and now it's like so quiet. Green Mana, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh, you it, heard that one too? Yeah. yeah. I mean, at this point, the only noise we hear is from the furnace. There's a little heater over here. Uh, it's awesome. So we'll we'll be talking to to Michael and, and Nathan throughout the show today. Uh, we've got geek news. We've got six gamer four Gmails. Uh, apparently, these guys <laughs> threw out uh, you know the challenge to have people from around the world. I, I guess. You know what? I, I claim no responsibility. So all I got to say is uh, Dallas Gamers Club. You better you better uh, represent because Dallas Dallas Gamers Club, along with the Dallas Buyers Club. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I mean we. We got a Detroit. You, you did something. We had the ga- Detroit Gaming Group oh, right yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we'll read that, and uh, we've got some interesting questions for everyone tonight. Oh, so goody. It'll be it'll be lots of fun. And then I mean, the next show, next week it's like fully loaded. So we got Carrie Vaughn coming on the show talking about her new book. Nice. Then we have the U Geek Media guys coming on. Oh yeah, huh? talking about time. you know it's that time. And they have Omar, the guy that's in charge of the Baja Comic-Con, coming on, talking. So, I mean, it's really stocked. Now, here's the problem. Drew's out of town. I'm at a Christmas party. It's you two and Johan. We can do this. Uh, I think Drew's calling calling in. I'm going to try to, but my Christmas party starts right as... um, As the show starts? Well, no, at 7. So as Ah. soon as you geek and Omar get here. Uh, But we we definitely want to show some love to Omar. Uh, yeah. he's listened to the show. He loves the show. He thinks it's you really great what we're doing. Uh, I have. Yeah. Yep. He loves you, Joe. Uh, so we'll just keep that up. No, and then really, this is an inaugural year for them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then really we've got good. some other some great stuff coming up. Uh, some ideas. Not only that, we'll we'll talk about them a little bit later. Okay. Just because. Cool. Yeah. I'll just preface everything. If I call in next week. Uh, Michigan beer is a whole different animal than Utah beer. <laughs> Just so you know, when I'm back home, uh, 
Uh, yeah. yeah, it might. Oh, be. that's where you're going to be at is Michigan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be well past the drinking hour for all yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. This will be an, this will make for an entertaining uh, yes, last it will. end of year show. And you might want to speak up just a little bit louder. You speak up a little bit louder. Your face speaks <laughs> up have, a little bit louder. Oh, I have you maxed out, and you're really? still kind of. Oh, yeah. stupid. Oh. I have a candle. I know. Microphone you have holder. made a microphone holder. I am, I am the microphone MacGyver. Man. It's I'm awesome. You. However, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be sending something to Joe so we can get some more mic stands. Okay. Cool. Um, which will make life a little bit easier hey, for us. I Good. mean, I, I like trying to improvise with yeah. bubble gum and a popsicle stick. Hey. <laughs> you made it happen. Thermal nuclear what I really, I actually, I think yes. I'm going to start hanging my microphone from the ceiling in here. Maybe, oh, the, maybe yeah. we should do I'm that. stand up and I'm going to wear a big dookie braid like LL Cool J yeah. and I'm just going to stand up and... So just get some heavy duty fish twine. Yeah. Oh, I said yeah. knock you out. Wow. <laughs> there we go. I was, I was just thinking he, like could, that. he could be like we could just stop the, the, the playback and just have him be the one to do the get ready to rumble. Oh, there yeah, we go. Oh, I could do that. We could do that. And get ready to rumble. All right, never yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, we'll have comes, the professional. I have a sore throat today. You know, here comes yeah. Michael Buffer ready to hand out a lawsuit. I, I can saying do it can't better, do it. but I have a sore throat this <laughs> All time. right, so uh, should we jump into the interview? Or do, do, or do it, we want to talk a little bit of geek news first? Do we have Do we have something to really pressing <laughs> geek news-wise? Greenpeace sucks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. If you, you haven't, if you haven't seen why, go to the internet. It's yeah, everywhere. Google Greenpeace and how they ruin our planet. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, in their their championship to uh, to save the planet, in, 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 yeah, their championship the to save the planet, they destroy part of it. Yeah. Boom! They did not take lessons from Captain Planet Pro at all. Did not. Statement. Yeah. yeah, they need more heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's right, and and their uh, and hearts help for monkeys. Yes. <laughs> True. And the um, but the uh, the the sand drawings in uh, Nazca, South uh, I was about to say South Korea, South America. Yeah, were Peru. effectively destroyed by Greenpeace yeah. this past week. Isn't that awesome? Oh, my. That is adorable. That's all I'll say. It's adorable. I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> also, this just in. Yes? My Warhammer addiction is getting stronger and stronger you're, by the day. Do we, need, do we need to send you to rehab again? Do we need to send you to rehab yep, again? There it is. Yeah, we might need to. Yeah, Great. isn't that lovely what they've done? Thanks, Greenpeace. Yeah. Something, so, uh, something could have been easily done with just Photoshop. They decided to do it in real life. Yeah. Because that makes way more of a statement, right? It does. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It, it, I mean, look how huge that is. They, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Could, uh, so go out and take a look. You know, these drawings are massive, and the the lettering is just almost as big. Equally massive. So um, one thing that was just na- announced was speculated as rumor is now it's they found that it's true that uh, in Zack Snyder's Batman versus Superman, not only will you have Lex Luthor, but it's confirmed there will be Doomsday in the movie. Ooh. Yeah. Because uh, we need Doomsday. overkill, apparently. Apparently so. I mean, we have Wonder Woman, Aquaman, The Flash showing up, Batman and Superman, Lex Luthor, and now we have to have Doomsday. Bam. Yeah. I'm sure they'll probably squeeze Joker in somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure they will. Oh, I hope not. Yeah, I, I think that's hallowed ground now, man. I don't know if anyone's gonna touch it. Oh, Someone somebody already that. is. What? They've already casted somebody for Suicide Squad. Yeah. Oh yeah. Joke yeah. The Suicide Squad. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Suicide Squad. Yeah, I believe maybe, we, yeah, we maybe covered that's that where they'll week, introduce actually. anything. Oh, we did, uh, yeah. yeah, we did. And there's also supposed to be another uh, uh, version, possibly of KG Beast in the movie, which is another Batman villain. But who knows? 
picked up some bandwidth. All right, we're, well, <laughs> for those of you listening and suddenly we went quiet, well, guess what? We're back. Yes. A Pikachu got in here. That was that was a moment of silence for the lost Nazca. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a moment of silence for the drawing. Yes. That that works well. All right, so let's talk about Gamers Inn. Yes. Because we're sitting within Gamers Inn, and if you appear to sit on their amazing, unique chairs, you will never leave. You will sit there and game for hours. It's so true. Yes. So, yes. My yeah. wife called about three times wondering where we were at yesterday or last week. Yeah. yeah. I love how you told her we were still in a meeting. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're, we're talking serious stuff right now. We very, are, very serious. We're still End in a meeting. You, End you, of the year. You did tell her at when you got home, right? Because no. if she's listening to oh, the show she's, now, she's you're going Oh, no. She's at work right now. Good. Okay. Yeah. Did, uh, does she listen that, to the old shows? Uh, No. Good. You're safe. Then, yeah, yeah. You are good. <laughs> safe. The Sons of Anarchy board game was a lot of fun, so and that yeah. that was our meeting. Well, Gale Force <laughs> Nine, anything Gale Force Nine puts out is almost gold. Yeah. yeah. So. Okay. All right. All right. So onwards to yeah. um. Uh, so, but the point of the whole thing was is that we were here for a couple of hours. Yeah. And Zakor and I hung out and talked with Michael for a while after you guys left and. Like, I'm a big guy, and so my ass always hurts after sitting in the chair for a while. And I was so comfortable. Like, I didn't, like, usually I have to get up and walk around or, you know, do the the booty shuffle and all that kind of stuff. And, I mean, I was just super comfortable. So these are homemade chairs. Um, and so we'll have Michael talk about how they repurposed what was in this building uh, when they when they got it and started renovating it as well. So... Um, super comfortable place to play, super uh, knowledgeable staff, a huge selection of board games, uh, card games, miniature games, that sort of stuff. It's awesome here. Even more now that they have tons of used games everywhere. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, just last week I saw that they had Nightmare just kind of sitting yeah, in a they stack. Had two copies, or they had. And that was like that was like one of my, like one of my uh, I guess one of my uh, intro drugs to board gaming yeah. was that game. And then it's not so successful uh, sequel atmosphere. Yeah. And then today I was looking around and they saw they have Mansions of Mystery. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> right next to us is uh, Scotland Yard, which is an old oh. classic. But yeah, like I would literally go to Amazon and buy a VCR just so I could play Nightmare again. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and some other stuff. The Jaws. Game of Jaws. Yes. The game. Oh, dude, is this like Operation with a? Pretty much. You got to. Sh- shark hook and you're pulling stuff out of his mouth that's what i like about this place is because they have all the new stuff right so if you're if you're getting into the hobby because of stuff like tabletop and watch it played and those sorts of shows uh that's so awesome they have all those new things but they have a huge selection of old games as well just so you can come in and hang out and play and try new games play some of your nostalgic favorites if you find one that you want to play, uh, that you played back in the day and you want to buy it, I bet Michael will even sell it to you. So, But let's introduce him, the man, the myth, the legend. Hi. There it is. Welcome. That was, All right. that that was, was spectacular. That interview. Thank you very much, Michael. It's nice to have you with us. Woo. Woo. Hard-hitting questions there. Wow. We go deep on this show. We do. I almost yeah, fell out of my seat there. I can't hear you at all. Have the pink cord of shame. Well, Aww. no, the pink cord should be fine. It's no, the red the pink, cord. The pink cord it's is the, the pink, pink cord. The pink cord's also gone bad. We've talked yeah. about this many times. Before. Yeah. Man. Yep. 
So, so uh, our I, loyal, lovely listeners, if you want to send Dungeon Crawlers <laughs> Radio some Christmas presents, some hey, really you know, we use, use an XLR cable. <laughs> yeah, we need some XLR cable. Just drop it off a gamer's in. There we go. <laughs> so, um, I was kind of um, you were telling us last week about how. Gamers Inn here in Lehigh, Utah, was repurposed from an old, an older establishment. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, well, actually, the property uh, said there's a, there's a there's a house, and it had this uh, old, I guess, call it ranch house, uh, garage. I guess originally they said it had uh, been an old chicken coop a long time ago. Okay, and then it got re- uh, retrofitted and made into a garage and. Uh, uh, Rather quite large garage. Yeah, that's a huge chicken coop, man. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but then, uh, uh, from what I understand, the gentleman that owned this before us, he was actually going to make an upholstery store out of the uh, out of the garage. Okay. And so he had a bunch of upholstery equipment and everything. And unfortunately, he passed away. And uh, we've been looking for a place to maybe put a game store, and we were looking maybe in Saratoga Springs or something, but mm-hmm. uh, we really couldn't find anything affordable rent wise. Okay. And so we ended up uh purchasing the property with the house and the ranch house on it. Uh and we retrofitted it for a game store. And um uh, the uh that way, you know, the rent was cheaper than or the mortgage was cheaper than paying rent in Saratoga. So. Ah, yeah. So that's kind of how it fell about. Okay. This, this has such a fitting atmosphere like the front of the building has like the huge stone facade, right? So yeah. it's I mean, it's just it looks like a cobblestone like Rambler style cottage or something. It's awesome. Got the little uh, box top on top with yep. the weather vane and mm-hmm. <laughs> fantastic. So then was uh, so was Gamers in um, always the idea, or did it come about as a result of being on a different property? Well, the the idea of Gamers in itself, uh, like I said, we wanted to do a game store, and we were trying to find a theme and a place and a location. Mm-hmm. Well, once we found the location. Then the theme came. Okay. We we actually kind cool. of adapted it to the theme. And, uh, you know, we wanted a tavern in, uh, like, establishment. Uh, you know, we were thinking we uh, when we play Pathfinder or something, you always kind of start off at an inn or a tavern. Yeah. yeah. And so we wanted to build something to where when gamers came in, you know, uh, they could actually uh, go into the game itself and feel like, hey, I'm actually in the game. I'm part of the game. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of the idea behind it. And we, you know, we we hadn't really seen it done. We we'd went to a lot of different game stores and everything. And mm-hmm. you know, they've uh, got bright games and posters and everything. And we wanted to make this a little bit more uh, more comfortable. Yeah, it definitely has a warm atmosphere to it. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, but we wanted uh, we wanted a place to where gamers could come in, enjoy themselves. Uh, you know, we even put the apostrophe before the S because we wanted it to be for the gamers. Uh, we wanted them to be able to come in, play as long as they want, play any game they want. Because uh, ultimately, as gamers, that's what it's about. We want to have fun and we want to socialize. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, one of the things I really like when uh, Drew and I first sat down and talked to you is you're not really worried about people coming in and buying something every time. You want them to come, play, and have fun. And then purchasing stuff will come later. I mean, and that was really great because, you know, there's a lot of game stores out there where, you know, every person comes in, they really want to push that sell, and you want them to have fun, and that's that's great. I, I really love that. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that, and that's, you know, and, and that's one of the things that we actually go over with our staff, and, uh, you know, we want them to come in. We want them to have fun, and if they have fun, uh, 
you know, our philosophy is if you're having fun with one game, you'll find another game that you're interested in. Uh, if you continue on with just that one game, great, you know. Mm-hmm. But the whole idea is just we want to get more people interested in gaming. Uh, you know, they're going to get bombarded with sales. You know, they go to Amazon or online and everything. They already know what they want to buy. So if they want to buy, we try to have it here for them. Other than that, we're here for the gamers. Nice. Yeah, it's really interesting. I was here early tonight, and I was just hanging out. And um, so every night of the week, you have a different featured event that you do. And one of the nights of the week, you do role, uh, role-playing games, right? And and so Nathan runs a session, and anybody can show up, and they can plug and play with a pre-gen character, or they can bring their own character and, and join a role-playing session. And uh, there was a young lady in here picking up a game, uh, and you were talking to her, and you said, so how did you like that role-playing game night? And I, I was just eavesdropping, and she goes, that's the first time I've ever played a game like that, and I really had fun, you know? And it's, yeah. like, it's that type of experience that I think that you guys are, are delivering at a fantastic level. Someone comes in to, you know, to buy whatever game, it, you know, that they're, that they're interested in, and, uh, you know, you get them hooked into something else, or you just show them. And, and that's really it with this industry, right? It's just introducing people to new things, we all want a game. We want to explore. We want to have fun. So we just need to be introduced to those experiences to figure out which ones we like and don't like, and that's exactly what you offer. And very few people, they, you know, very few people are willing to just jump into something. Sometimes you have to mm-hmm. kind of coax them in. And, yeah. You know, they're not going to come in and say, "Hey, you know what? I've always wanted to play this game. Teach me how to play it." Um, you know, that just doesn't happen, and so. You know, we we watch people and we see their body language, and you can tell if they're kind of looking over their shoulders. We say, "Hey, you want to join us? Come on in, join us." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, because ultimately, you know, that's what they're looking for. You know, like I'd really like to play that, or I might want to try that out, but I'm 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 not forward enough to really come up and say it. And yeah, and uh, you know, the idea is most people, whenever they get into it, they're 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 stuck. They want to, yeah. you know, they really want to pursue it and get after it and have fun and. And, you know, the gaming world, uh, gaming guys and gals in general, they are the nicest crowd of people you'll meet. Yeah. I mean, they're always uh, they're willing to help you. I mean, it benefits them. Uh, when they help you, it helps them because then they're like, oh, great, now I've got somebody else to play with. And that's what it's all about. Everybody just wants to find somebody to play with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's also great that you followed up. You know, she was here in the next day, and you're like, hey, how did you like that? I, I'm pretty sure that kind of gave that warm fuzzy to that. To her, she's like, oh, they remember who I was and what I did. You know, uh, that, that's always a great thing. And not only that, just the store itself, all the little details. I mean, like the custom chairs to go with the tavern-type feel, the big wooden beams and pillars, and that all the way down to the little candle that's in the window lit up, you know, like a, a traditional old inn would have had in right. years past. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just those little details that just make this place amazing. Yeah. So are there certain um are there certain aspects of the store that you haven't quite implemented yet? Are there certain things you're going to be offering that maybe you just haven't been able to put out yet? Yeah, well what we're working on right now is uh we have our uh as they've kind of expressed, we have some older games, some used games. Uh we f- we prefer to refer to them as uh replay games. Mm-hmm. And so uh you know, one thing we offer people games are really expensive. Uh Maybe not the older games, uh, but all of our games are available. If somebody wants to play a game, we'll allow them to pull it off the shelf. Uh, we'll take the shrimp graph off, let them play it, and it'll become a replay game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But we will, you know, especially for the more expensive games, then that allows them. That's something they can't do on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon, some of the other sites, they can maybe, you know, they can be, uh, the online sites, they can beat us on price. But they can't beat us on service, and that's mm-hmm. what we've got. You know, we want you to come in. We want you to play the game. You know, I'm going to buy a game on Amazon, uh, but I'm not going to know if I'm going to like it or not. Yeah. Okay. Well, we want you to we, – we actually want to pair people with a game. It's kind of like, a, you know, lack of a better analogy, uh, Harry Potter and, you know, the the wand maker, uh, yeah. Mr. Ollivander yep. or whatever. Yeah. You know, we want to pair that game with the right game to the right person. It's mm-hmm. not about us selling them the most expensive or the most profitable game. It's which game is going to suit you because, again, then they're, when, when they get to a certain point, they're going to come back and say, hey, you know what, you guys – treated me real well that game was a perfect match for me can you match me up with another one mm-hmm. the game chooses the player exactly <laughs> well, it, it's you can always find better. your own game that's built with the uh, that's core is built with the uh heart string of a phoenix <laughs> yeah. yes yeah. you know it that's that's a really good point because you know maybe they had a hundred dollar game but that wouldn't have suited them you got a fifty dollar game but now they're excited they come back and spend another seventy five or so on and so forth, because they would have bought a hundred dollar game. They would have been, oh, that they wouldn't have come back. So I mean, that's a great, great thing to do. Well, and that's a, and that's you know, and that's the thing is that's what we want them to be able to do. So they take the game off the shelf, they play it. If they want to take it home with them, what we do is we allow them to go ahead and purchase the game. Mm-hmm. They take it home, and it's one of the used games. They purchase it for ten dollars. They take it home, they play it. Well, maybe it's not for me. They can bring it back, and we'll give them uh, three-quarters of the price back on it. So they paid a little to rent it, to try it out and yeah. everything. But then we'll buy it back from them and uh, take it back so they get it. Or if they like it, they keep it, and they got a really good price on the game. That's yeah. Great. All right. So that's, that's a win-win. Yep. So um, I, I, I was sort of thinking about the um, – so with the whole tavern feel, because you, you, like, you do offer some food and drink here for sale for people. You know, especially for gamers who are going to be here for a long time. That, you know, that makes nothing but sense. I was just thinking that like a um, having like uh, having like beer on tap would be like perfect, <laughs> and have have tankards and flagons of uh, of, uh, of of drinks of, of of adult drinks. That's probably a whole other business license. <laughs> oh uh, no 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 doubt. Yeah. But I mean like that would just that would be like perfect. That would be like make it perfect. I, w- I would come here all the time. I would. Just, I'm like I'm like sorry, hun. I'm gonna move out for a while. I'm gonna set up a cottage like a cot or something over here. Yeah. Well, actually, on this wall, we've got, we've actually already thought about something. If we ever did uh, like fountain drinks, so let's say you had something on tap, mm-hmm. uh, you keep your uh, uh, you keep your supplies back here, and it just goes through the wall, and then you actually have your taps on the other side, mm-hmm. so people can just grab it on the other side of this wall over here. Yeah, see. So it's something right. we've kind of thought about. Um, but yeah, we've actually been uh, we've been toying with the ideas of you know getting menus out on the tables and uh, getting some like deli sandwiches and things in as well. Yeah. Uh, you know, because again, we just want people to come in. We want them to play and stay as long as they want to. Uh, you know, we've we found that you know people really like the idea of oh well, you'll let us have drinks and food and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, really, the only obstacle might be other players. They might not want you drinking or eating around their games. But yeah. 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 <laughs> oh yeah, it's that was oh. like a, that, that became a Gen Con tradition. We've had issues with Bapti- that. baptizing <laughs> our uh, our games and. There's a Mountain Dew all yeah. over Shadows of Brimstone. Oh, no. Fortunately, Shadows no. of Brimstone has not yet been tainted. Let's oh. just say, the very first year, uh, Crown was dumped all over Four Taverns. Oh, wow. Yeah. Four, yeah. 
Now it's now it smells like four taverns. <laughs> now, now it actually smells like a tavern. <laughs> it was it wasn't one of you guys, but one of our customers came in the other day and bought the nice big starter set for legendary. Yeah. Nice. Ooh. Took it home. And I said, How was it, man? And he said it was great until my friend's kid spilled their milk all over the oh. game. <laughs> He didn't even have it a week. Uh, oh, sadness. Me cringe, man. You know, I'm, oh, I am is, such a Nazi horrible. with my kids. It's like my, my, when I put down a brand new fresh tablecloth, I put my game down. It's like, get everything off the table. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come near it. Yeah. But yeah. now we, uh, we've actually been trying to think of different things that we can do. Uh, you know, we're, this is still a work in progress. We've found little things that we can make adjustments with to help out. We've thought about little koozie holders somewhere and everything. But, you know, going along with the drinks, as you said, everything we do here uh, is themed. You know, i got my tunic on tonight. Yep. Uh, everybody see that? I, 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 I was, yeah, was going to mention that. It's pretty it's, nice. It's well displayed on the radio. Yeah, yeah on the radio. So you, did the, so you did that on purpose, then. You wore the tunic on purpose. Yes. Okay, so, all, right, all right. Well, no, actually, it's, it's one of the things that we're looking at doing is switching over from the green shirts to the tunic, but... I like oh, it. Oh, see, that would be great. Yeah. I do like again, it. Again, yeah, keeping up. Not full cosplay, but, you know, sort yeah. of a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, we just want, we want people, whenever they come in here, almost to come back in time, you mm-hmm. know? The thing is, people game, I think, a lot of times to get away from the real world. Oh, yeah. It puts them into a world of imagination, of adventure, mm-hmm. uh, something that's different from the day-to-day drudgery. And so that's what we want to offer. That's what we're selling. We're not so much selling games. As we are, we're selling an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, going back even to the chairs, you know, we were we were talking about the chairs earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we designed them to where uh, one, you know, one type of chair has a uh, spinal reclined where it goes right up and down the spine and keeps you supported that way. There's some bigger guys who don't like that. They actually like the, the supports on the side, and so we built those. And, uh, you know, as we were talking about Greenpeace, instead of destroying some national landmarks, <laughs> our types of recycling was, you know, we were talking about the upholstery store that was in here before. Mm-hmm. They had a bunch of wooden shelves. Well, all the ga- all the chairs and tables inside of Gamers Inn were recycled from those shelves. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's a green company as well. Yes, yes. <laughs> Excellent. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. So if you want to come down to Gamers Inn, uh, check, us out, check them out at 1245 West. Main Street in Lehigh, Utah. It's pretty yeah, simple. Just, yeah, just get off of the Lehigh Main, straight off of I-15. Just follow it down past the roundabout. Roundabout, we'll right and on the left. go up there. It's on the left. It's pretty uh, easy to find. Mm-hmm. Right on the left. Right yep. on the left. <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> and today, they're open until 10 o'clock. So yeah. you well, can what, still what come down. What I love down. most is I can't... Uh, we've been here quite a bit. I've been yeah. here quite a bit. And every time somebody asks Michael or Nathan how late they're open, they go... Well, until there's nobody here. <laughs> that's pretty much it. So um, they're not the type of place that's going to be like telling you to lift it's your feet. It's 10 o'clock, you know, get out. Lift your feet, I'm sweeping. You know, it's not going to be like that, but obviously. You don't have to go home, well. but you can't stay here. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. I it, 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 That experience, I think, translates very well. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the reasons that we are very excited to, to team up with you guys because um, I come in here and I usually leave right from work. And uh, it's like I walk in and there's this kind of this weight lifted off my shoulders. You know, I just feel a little mm-hmm. more relaxed automatically. And you just sit down and, and do whatever you want to do. And <clears throat> I was watching videos of Warhammer. Weird. 
Beating the addiction. That's right. <laughs> okay. Um, Thanks, Alan. Researching the addiction. <laughs> there you go, researching it. It's all research for the show. <laughs> yes. Hey, wait a minute. Go. You could write that off. Yes. That's there right. we go. Can I write off my laptop? It was really uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you didn't buy it on the account. Uh, okay. It's, uh, it's 30 minutes Sorry. past the hour. You're listening to Dungeon Crawlers Radio live at uh, Gamers Inn in Lehigh, Utah. We're talking with Mike, the owner, or what are you are the owner or one yeah. of the owners? The owner. The, yeah, owner, the owner of Gamers Inn. So if you want to ask him anything about Gamers Inn or if you have any questions for the Gamer Forge, you can call us at 626-226-1475. Or if you're in the area, just get your butt down here. Yeah. <laughs> or you can always send us an email at info at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com. If you wanted to read us next week, because we'll probably not be able to check it now during the actual live I show. I can. Oh, well, yeah, Revit okay. can, but it's, 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 the question is, would he? Yes, it's, up, uh, yeah. it's okay. on my All right, iPad it's on. right here. And then we also have the uh, that their uh, Facebook thing, uh, which is just Dungeon Crawlers Radio, and then there's uh, our Twitter, which is DCR, you know, for Dungeon Crawlers Radio, underscore show. Yeah, not minus. Not minus, underscore, underscore <laughs> show. And uh, Google Plus, which is also Dungeon Crawlers Radio. Twitterverse, yeah. baby, Twitterverse. In fact, why we've been sitting here, I've already received an email from FantasyCon and Amazon. It's awesome. Yay! <laughs> but we do have lots of gamer forges to go over, so we'll, we'll do that. Gonna, that's okay. going to be pretty much the whole second half of the show today. Almost. That's pretty awesome. much. Some of these are pretty big. I'm so excited. So uh, should we talk a little bit of game news and then come back, roll back into the interview? Yeah, yeah that sounds All good. Right. Hopefully Nathan will it. be free by then, too. We can talk to Nathan a little bit. So uh, for all those James Bond fans, Daniel Craig has spoken up as to why James Bond is so dark. It's because Mike Myers screwed him. What? Yeah. Because of the wonderful, witty Austin Powers, that is why they have gone to a much darker James Bond. Makes sense. Interesting. So so Austin Powers was too campy for James Bond. Weird. James Bond can't do the camp anymore because now they'll just be, oh, they're just ripping off. Austin Powers. Wow. Yeah. Even though James Bond was around long yeah, before but the, that. But the main wow. viewing, well, maybe not the main viewing audience, but a, a huge part of the demographic now is that younger generation that had no clue True. of yeah. Sean Connery yeah. and all yeah. of those guys, right? So a lot of people, stupid. a lot of people, Daniel Craig is their first and only James Bond. Stupid, so. uh, stupid Roger Moore. So I don't know if hey, anyone. You don't speak ill Hey, Roger, Roger Moore is awesome. Uh, I don't know if anyone's uh, taking a look at uh, the latest issue of Entertainment Weekly, but uh, Disney kind of made a really cool move by how they unveiled the names of the main new characters for the the new Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Did they write it in the desert? No, they they look like <laughs> they look like old nineteen eighties uh, bubblegum sports cards. I mean, look at this. For one. real, they yeah. went, Wow, that's like classic style. Kilo Ren. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty were. cool. Well, um, yeah, that's like the original. Um, I think it was what, Tops. I think Tops yeah. did those. So I, awesome. they, they, I wouldn't know because he didn't show it over to my side. Yeah, well, sorry, he, I'll get he, over there. Mike, the cables are twisting up, and I don't right. want to yank something out. I'm just giving you a hard so, time. So you know, we got there's the ball droid, which is BB-8. Uh, Oscar Isaac is a, is Poe Dameron. Uh, the Sith is Kylo Ren. Uh, Daisy Ridley is Rey, and then John Boyega is Finn. Um, so these are the new main characters. I'm gonna let's see if I can scroll down, and then Flagoon can kind of take a look at these. But that is like, so. I mean, they look um, like old tops. Um, uh, cards. I'm gonna have to get these posted up on so, Facebook, so, but they so look really pretty good. It's it's quite fitting with like tying back in. Yeah, they're kind of tying back into the oh, original yeah. series, kind of being a little retro. 
cool. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense with Abrams t- uh, yeah. being the uh, the one in charge. Yeah, well, I think I, th- I mean, yeah, I'm sure Abrams probably had some input on that, but I mean, Disney ultimately, I would think, had the final say yeah. or something like that. And I just have to say, I, oh my gosh, they're doing good a pretty good job and a good really move. good move uh, on their behalf. So, uh, Star Trek Three is up for grabs since. Uh, Abrams has left to do the Star Wars stuff, and Jonathan Franks is saying he wants to be the director of that. I don't know if we want to see that because he already did a Next Generation movie, and, and that and no that one, one liked. Didn't really that was go very well. Right? Yep. Yeah, I think he also did uh, uh, First Contact. That was a great one. No, he, I, he, I like. I like that was First Contact. Yeah, he that directed First Contact yeah, and Interstellar. Well, First Contact was the very first one, yeah. and I think he did really well. And well, then no, I technically Generations was, but that was. Yeah, yeah, generations, then first contact. Generations, yeah. I don't count. You don't count that. It's, <laughs> Why? It's, it's two half and half. It, 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 or it, what are you talking it's, about? It's, it's like ninety percent next gen, and then ten well, percent yeah. Shatner. Yeah. It, it <laughs> was bad Shatner. Hey, so I, that, there, there is such thing as really good Shatner, and Malcolm especially McDowell. when it comes to Kirk. <laughs> I, pretty much, uh, I always ten percent Shatner. Ten <laughs> percent. Wow. All right. But, anyone else got some news? Because that was bad. Let's uh, move on. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, face, uh, Facebook is planning on um, um, blah, 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 unveiling some new technology, a new program that will prevent people from posting drunk photos and drunk selfies of uh, Oh, of yes. That is That's definitely right. something I need. <laughs> uh, but it's, uh, it's effectively a way to help people from so, posting unflattering pictures. So do you have themselves. to blow into your phone before it will let you post? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, how I, I don't understand how this software is going to know it, it, someone it says, you know, auto, pretending to look drunk and someone that is. It has auto duck lip sensors. Oh, okay. And stuff. <laughs> if you try to do a, self, a selfie with duck lips, then you're done. Yeah. It, just, yeah. it shuts off, and then your phone smacks you. Right? <laughs> yeah. Siri turns on. I'm sorry. I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That would Go be home, dumb. Dave. You're drunk. Yeah. <laughs> call, call a cab. You've got duck lips. Calling cab now. <laughs> um... Uh, but Jan uh, uh, Lacuna of uh, uh, Facebook was speaking with Wired Magazine, and the only thing that they're saying right now is that Facebook is building a digital assistant, uh, whatever that actually means, that will work in conjunction with I wonder if it has this. something to do with voice recognition. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, that would make sense. But they are, yeah, they're developing the, they're developing the, uh, the AI that would, that would allow them to oh, yeah, AI. differentiate so, between... So the, what everyone is claiming about Facebook is true. Facebook is Skynet. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, hey. It could uh, also be something where it like registers like type histories. Yeah. So if you're typing really quick, then it, like okay, or he's normal, but then you kind of start typing really bad, making a lot of uh, of grammatical errors, and it'll be like, yeah, you're. That's gonna suck for people who are super tired. You're not responsible enough for that. Or driving. Well, uh, you, even like I, I had actually, I've actually made worse ta- or worse Facebook posts exhausted than I have drunk. So, yeah, yeah uh, this is this is uh, I think this is going to be a win on all sides. But yeah, it is kind of like we're we're stepping into Skynet. Yeah, I also think we're spending way too much time on Facebook as in talking about Facebook. Okay, well, no let's move on. Thing. Anything else? <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything. Uh, we can all it. say happy birthday to. Uh, uh, first person shooting, basically, and uh, to one of the oldest uh, shooter games ever, uh, Doom is Doom. Uh, yeah, it is legally able to drink. Twenty one <laughs> years, years ago this week, uh, uh, id Software came out with a uh, little three point five D rendered uh, game called Doom and set it up on Freenet. 
And uh, now, look at where we are. Nice. And yeah. I'll, put, I'll put a quick plug in, too, even though we're not affiliated with the World Builders fundraising is going on right now, and that's uh, intricately tied with the geek community. Uh, tons of your most well-known fantasy and sci-fi authors and go- uh, board game publishers and, and those types of people uh, really get behind this organization called World Builders. So Google that, find them. Uh, they're in the home stretch for their fundraising um, there are thousands upon thousands of prizes you can win just by contributing. So that's going nice. on right now. That's also a good cause. Well, since you're along on the birthday, uh, we should probably give a shout-out to Tyson Huber, which is uh, part of uh, Big Shiny Robot. It's his 30th birthday nice. today. So happy birthday, Tyson, as well as it's Big Ben's birthday. That's right, wow. Big Ben Fuller. It's his birthday today, so happy birthday, Ben. <laughs> I wish him a right, happy birthday already. We should probably also say happy birthday to our old friend Mal. He celebrated his birthday. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Malik and Malik is That's right, Malik. One celebrated. of the first people to start Dungeon Scholars Radio. That's right, turned thirty one this year. Wow. Thirty one thirty one a couple of days ago. So happy birthday, Mal. You wanna be nice? If he ever showed up for a guest appearance. <laughs> he's saying he's going to, but he never does. And he's yeah, and I, I always tell him he's invited. Man. He's always invited. No, we need to do. We just need to kidnap him. <laughs> there we go. Well, he is right down the street from my place. So yeah, uh, hey, there you go. Yeah, just, we'll just roll over with a bottle of chloroform and a blanket. We'll, there you go. You have been warned. And then show up. <laughs> what am I doing here? Oh, you're doing the show. Welcome. No, just kidding. We we don't condone that. We don't condone kidnapping, kidnapping. chloroform. Maybe next week. Or or or. or Joe, yeah. what do you think? Since they're not going to be here. Yeah. We can yeah. Do that. There you go. Yeah. We'll just we'll drug them and we'll keep them in here. Malik. Has returned for one night only. <laughs> against his will. Against his will and against all odds, because he has no clue where he is. It so, could be the past. It could be the future. Let's um, let's let's switch back to the interview then. Awesome. Talk let's go Mike back a little bit. since um, we are done with geekness. Yeah. So what I would really like to know, um, with your weekly schedule, you're doing something different. You feature something different every night of the week. Can you kind of go through that and just? Talk about what some of these nights look like and what you're presenting to people to experience while they're here. Sure. Okay. <laughs> you just got him completely off guard. <laughs> no, we're good. Um, yeah, basically, uh, we wanted to feature, and that doesn't mean we're going to, you know, if somebody wants to come in and do something different, again, it's gamers in. It's theirs. If they can, you know, do whatever they want to. If they want to come in and play something different, we're we're fine with that, too, but we just want to make some some suggestions. Uh, Monday night, we try to do a uh, family game night. Uh, we know a lot of people here do family night, and we wanted to you know, go ahead and continue on with that and encourage that. If they'd like to bring their families in, and we've got a lot of family-friendly games that they can come in and play. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of times people, you know, they might even be single, may not have a family. Great. Come and be our family and everything. Nice. We'll do that with you. Uh Tuesdays uh, are what we do, what we call workshop nights, where if you don't know how to play a game and you've ever wanted to just learn, we've kind of dedicated our staff to that night to where they'll just sit down with you and they'll play a game with you. The other night, these two girls came in and uh, they sat down and they were starting to play Killer Bunnies. And and I said, uh, hey, you want me to save you some time on the instructions? And they're like, yeah. And so we sat down there and played Killer Bunnies with them and they had a great time. Tuesdays, we're actually we we actually have some people come in. Uh, if you want to do something, uh, just come and let us know. We'll make it happen. Some guys came in the other day and they said, "Hey, we're looking a little bit more for uh, classics." And 
uh, even talking about doing chess, and so they want to do their chess club here. Oh, know? cool! I was nice. like, hey, great, awesome. Uh, chess is, uh, to me personally, is the game. I mean, I love chess. It's you know, uh, never play the same game twice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, anyway, and then Wednesdays we have uh, we have role playing, and uh, where we do Dungeons and Dragons, Star Wars, Pathfinder. Uh, that was. Uh, that was one of the nights that that young lady you spoke of earlier, she came in. We introduced her to Pathfinder and uh, seemed to have a great time with it. Uh, Thursdays, we kind of cater towards miniatures. Uh, we've got a full dedicated miniature table. Nice. Uh, you can actually uh, run two games on the table at once, but it's also competition size. And uh, we've got some really neat uh, things that we're going to be doing with that. Uh, miniatures, we're actually going to be expanding more on. Uh, moron, get it? No more. <laughs> uh, he was talking directly to me there. Yeah. Oh, was I looking that way? Um, but anyway, no, we're going to be expanding more with uh, the miniatures and stuff because a lot of people have requested that. Uh, Friday, of course, is the traditional Magic the Gathering game night. And, and then on Saturdays, we, we kind of just try to fill it up with a lot of different things that uh, normally don't get a lot of attention. We have uh, Pokemon, we have Yu-Gi-Oh!, Kaijudo!, uh, we also have Magic, and, uh, you know, we're going to be do- doing sponsoring different games, like Games of the Week, uh, that we'll be doing on that day as well. So nice. we just try to spread it around so that we, you know, we want to be able to try to cater to as many different types of uh, gamers as we can. Hmm. Okay, so then um, I guess the, um, t- I guess we're still speaking about the games themselves. Is, I guess what were some of the early formative gaming experiences for you? What Like what games shaped early life for you oh gosh um you know shoots and ladders mm-hmm. no <laughs> <laughs> um no I, I, I did play shoots and ladders but uh to be honest uh i would probably have to say i started getting into gaming whenever i was in middle school mm-hmm. and the first one i really hit it off with was chess mm-hmm. and i uh, started off with chess I really like chess, and then uh, the old classic Axis and Allies. I had a friend of mine; he introduced me to Axis and Allies. Yep. Um, uh, you know, played that to the point to where you know, it's usually by the third or fourth move, you now know who's going to win. So oh, okay, <laughs> it's always me. And, oh. <laughs> so, and yes, that's a challenge. So, uh, but. I like I like a lot of the strategy games. Okay. But uh I would say, you know, growing up I did the strategy games like Snellies, uh Risk, uh Chess. But uh here lately I've been I've been kinda getting into the miniatures. Okay. So I kinda like the Lord of the Rings, but I also like the X Wing. Yeah. Uh, so I mean so how is that like then, I guess, with like this almost new brand? Of, of miniatures games because it's I mean for the past like decade it's been dominated by the likes of like Warhammer and then you're seeing like War Machine suddenly coming onto the scene X Wing and, and Attack Wing are 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 becoming extra extra huge are, are, are is this like generating a lot of um, I I don't know I say animosity but is is there a lot of, are there some lines drawn where people are like I will play this and only this. I do see that from time to time, but I think the more uh, the more buried it gets, the more people you're going to get into gaming because it's mm-hmm. instead of instead of fitting somebody into a box, you say, "Hey, which box do you like?" You yeah. Know? So uh, I do see a lot of guys that know this is all I'm going to do. And with miniature wargaming, 
it's kind of understandable because they you you put a commitment of money. It's it's not the cheapest uh, form yeah. of gaming. I I understand completely. I it's fundamentally the tabletop equivalent of the console wars. Yeah, there you <laughs> exactly. go. But yeah, I mean, I I remember. I I mean, I I plugged probably at least a thousand to maybe two thousand dollars until to Warhammer 40k myself. And and recently had to give that up because I'm like I can't do this anymore. I yeah. really can't because it's like I'm shelling out money for like a Cadillac I'll never drive. <laughs> do you still have your miniatures? I have most of my miniatures. So Drew's going to be talking to you after the show. <laughs> so <laughs> because the, he needs to feed his addiction. So of the uh, of the new games that are coming out, other than the uh, the miniature games, are there any uh, are there any board games that are uh, kind of perking your interest as of lately? Oh gosh, um, board games. Let me think. I, I it's, it's here lately. As far as anything exciting that's coming out, I haven't really thought that much about it. Just because it almost seems like every night I take home a board game so that I can try to get more familiar <laughs> with it. all of them. And so all of them, pretty much. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, but I haven't looked ahead to the future because me the future is right there on the shelf i was like wow there's so many games that i haven't played yet that i need to catch up on because to me i think that's important you know we need to know the games as well as we can to be knowledgeable <laughs> of what be, you're playing of what you're teaching people right and to be able to match them up with a game that uh you know will suit them better all right of the games that you've been playing then which one has had the most difficult rule set that it's been the hardest to explain to uh the layman or to the uh uh, the average gamer. The av- yes, the average gamer. Or the average non-gamer. Ah, uh, different rule set. Um, or you could just say, how would you explain, what game would you explain to Zakora? To Zakora. <laughs> 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 Nothing uh, against it. It's just, you know, she's kind of our newbie. She she is definitely our newbie. So she right. would be the best person, you know, how would you explain this game to her? Are you out there listening, Zakora? Probably. <laughs> no, actually, uh, I just recently got introduced to uh, Arkham Horror. Oh yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's a game where pieces. where you you read through the rules, then you play the game and you reference the rules through that first the whole first game to make sure you're playing it right. So mm-hmm. it's uh, I would say that's probably uh, it was pretty comprehensive the first time we played that or anything but uh when you know it's, it's one of those you have to play once the first time's kind of like okay let's try it let's get through the rules find out and then you play it again for reals the second time so <laughs> for, for, for real reals. for reals <laughs> this, uh, is, this is just the, this is the pretend round the next round is going to be the real real round yep uh so we had an interesting conversation what is your most popular game that you've been selling lately Tom? oh <laughs> It, this one really caught us off guard, but we cannot keep it in stock. And it's a uh, it's a little uh, a place card game called Hiss. And uh, a lot of people uh, we've we've probably sold more copies of that than any other game on the shelf so far. <laughs> and we 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 will get it in, and typically sometimes even we'll we'll unpack it out of the boxes and they're gone. We. Uh, <laughs> We we uh we've been on we'll unpack it and there'll be people in the store. Oh, I've been looking for that. You've got it, great. And they'll take it. And I'm like, okay, yeah. there you go. And I think the lady that was in the line after me, she was picking up a special order. Yeah, and yeah. she she totally illegally parked out there, so she. Could- <laughs> <laughs> 
totally blocked the driveway so she could run in and grab it. Yeah, it was hilarious. I saw her car and I was kept looking around, seeing if the other customers were trying to get out. <laughs> but no, it's a, it's actually a, it's a it's a terribly simple game. It's just a, it's in a way it's kind of like Tesoro in reverse, you know. Yeah. It's, but you've got these uh, placard tiles that you put down, and it's got a snake, and the body snake of snake's body has different colors on it. Well, you try to match it up with what's already out in the field of play. If you can't, you have to start a new snake. And the idea is you want to be able to complete the snake with a tail or a head. And if you do, you get the points from Mm -hmm. the entire snake. And so it's a really easy game, but yet it's actually quite addictive. I've seen uh, a lot of adults in here on their date nights. uh, And they'll just pick up his and they'll be playing it and they'll be laughing up a storm and having a good time. So then, um, I there's guess a perfect date idea. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, come, come on to down. gamers in and play his. <laughs> if this was an after dark episode, I'd have a totally. <laughs> we've actually we've actually had quite a few people in here on date nights and everything. It's a nice and expensive way. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. people they'll just pick up a game, play, uh, look around a little bit, and they'll go, and we're, we're totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. So then, um, I guess, are there any future plans of, like, I don't want to necessarily use the word expansion, but, cause, I mean, that's kind of a small area, because, like, uh, you, could, you you told us about how the back area behind the building is supposed to be de- a dedicated hole. Yeah. Yep, for the 100-year flood. <laughs> never heard of. That's what, the, that's, what, that's what they told us. That, although, you know, it's it's one of those things where they'll, they'll tell you, oh, this is what it's for, and you're like, you just have to believe them, I guess. But, um, but yeah, we we have a twenty thousand gallon hole in the back in the back behind the building. So that that was going to be our expansion plans. But actually, somebody came up with a great idea the other day. Was they said, why don't you build a stilted deck out in the back and then put tables out there, and in the summertime, mm-hmm. people can go and play games back there. See, ah, no, ah even better, nice. I, you could put out barbecues. That. Oh, barbecues, <laughs> barbecues and outdoor gaming. Yes. Okay, and uh-huh. I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it. Game and Grill Fridays. Oh, oh there it is. Yeah. There you go. Ten, bu- ten bucks yes. get you in the door. I, I get you a plate. You sit at one of the tables. <laughs> you game. With Game and Grill Magic. Yeah, see? Yeah. And, dun- ah! and dungeon crawlers will require it to be on Thursday nights, right? Well, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That or we just go out and sit out there and barbecue before we do the show. Oh no, we, we, we would do a, a like a pre-show be called Dungeon Grillers. Ooh, there oh, you go. Nice. <laughs> and it'd be our cooking show. <laughs> then we put the meat on the grill tonight on for a Dungeon few minutes. Grillers, the done. barbarian chef will show you how to make a souffle. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. We need a barbarian chef night. Lane's already volunteered. Yeah. <laughs> Should I say I've got the hairy chest. He's gonna so go shirtless. Well. <laughs> we strap on some leather, sword on the back. Now, now it's definitely starting to sound like <laughs> yeah. a date night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Wow. I, I think Miss Flagoon will be a little jealous. <laughs> but it's like you're like it's just like the Swedish chef. In, the, in, the, in a certain sense, <laughs> and then you slice it in half with a big axe or something. Oh yeah. yeah. No, it'd be a broadsword. Yeah, there you go. I totally videoed that. Yeah. Me prepare the fish. Boom. <laughs> yes. Ah. Uh, the only way to prepare fish is to throw it in the trash. <laughs> so oh, I'm, I'm seeing this. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, no, I, I, we, we've got a lot of ideas, and you know, we, 
some we throw things out there, see what sticks, what doesn't. And mm-hmm. Drew, don't say anything. I won't um, say anything. <laughs> We've had conversations. I won't say anything. Yeah, you've signed yeah. an NDA. You realize that, right? <laughs> in here, in my mind, you've signed an NDA. Well, I mean, you could even in, almost, besides having a deck, kind of enclose it like a solarium, even. And yeah. then you'd have that additional space, but still have your twenty gallon, twenty thousand gallon pit. Yeah. You, oh, even better, build a plank. Someone gets out of hand, make them walk the plank. <laughs> <laughs> somebody gets cut. Yeah, somebody gets cut cheating. Yeah. Walk the plank. That would be painful because there's absolutely no water in the pit. <laughs> that's not our fault. Yeah, that's, 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 our, our running joke is if there's ever a fire in the building, go out the front door. I kid you not. We, that's our joke. Is we're sitting there, so if, somebody, if we ever have a fire in the building and somebody runs out that back door, they are in just for a big surprise. <laughs> just, you go further than three feet and you're just dropping. Yep. <laughs> it's Encino Man. You're, just, you're, you're digging in the pool to be the prom king or to be the yeah, uh, yeah the, the for the, the party prom, when you're yeah, the prom yeah the prom party king. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> well, that prom party king? Prom party. <laughs> yep. That would be my sister. I thought it was going to be Miss Lagoon calling in to yell at you for... She has to listen to the show. No, no, she has, she has her own ringtone. Okay. Let's see if Nathan's listening. Nathan, get in here. <laughs> then, then, then we wait 20 Six seconds, seconds for delay and... Yeah. <laughs> But nope, no. nothing yet. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. <laughs> he's busy. He's, he's got he's got people at the register. He's, right. so we're uh, we're running up to the top of the hour right now. Um, we should probably mention yeah. that our show is by. Oh, if you want to get yourself a free audiobook, that is right, a free audiobook. Head to Audible Podcasts. What is what's the new uh, oh, URL? Just just thundercrawlersradio dot com. Click on the Audible link because Audible is awesome. They ha- offer. Thousands, really thousands of uh, of audiobooks for your listening enjoyment, and we have an offer for you, which is you're getting a free audio uh, audiobook for yourself. So just click on the Audible uh, link, fill out the little uh, little thing. Don't be too scared about that. If you just want to keep the uh, free uh, book, you can cancel any time. Whatever books you have are yours to keep forever. Audible, they're books that people read to you. I just want to say to uh, Nick Podell. If you happen to be listening to Nick. Dungeon Crawlers Radio, uh, you need to email us at info at DungeonCrawlersRadio.com so we can get you on to interview you. He's the guy reading the uh, King Killer Chronicles by Patrick Rothfuss, nice. and he does an amazing job. So uh, if we could get Nick Podell on the show, that would be awesome. Or, hey, guess what? Patrick Rothfuss, if you're listening to the show, you should totally email us so we could get you on the show. <laughs> yeah. I'll just... I'll just ask Brandon or Dan. Yeah, will we do that? Well, I mean, so along with Audible, if you sign up, even if you don't sign up and get that free, right now, go to audible.com. Brandon Sanderson is giving away a free copy of of Legion. There's another. Oh, yeah. He's he's done a little novella after that, and that's out there for free right now nice. for download. So you can pick it up. Now, or you can get your 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 free trial and get two free audiobooks. Oh, oh, wow! Even better, but it's this offer is only available till Christmas Eve, so it's kind of a little Christmas present from Brandon to everyone. So supplies are limited. Yes, I've already got mine. It's and, awesome. by, and by limited, you mean just limited time. But yeah, we need? limited okay. time. It, it's like the uh, the Steam special scale sales 
where there, there's like really no limit to however many copies that they can sell. Yeah. But there's a limited amount of time that you can get that particular deal, so yeah. it it, it uh, triggers people's impulse. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the, the yeah. Part of their brain, <laughs> and then you get those cards that if you get ten of them, you get like another card. Yeah. Impulse buy, impulse well, buy. See, there you go. They've unlocked the secret to getting people to buy things that they don't really need. Is you attach achievements to it. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Makes you feel like you. If you come down and buy something from Gamers Den tonight, you get to unlock the Dungeon Crawlers Radio achievement. Yeah. Yay! Plus Ooh. one to all we'll rolls in your in, in your. In your uh, D&D game. I, oh, no, because it's an achievement, so it doesn't actually give you any sort of actual stat bonus. We'll just have Drew come over with a big, like, achievement sign, and then he'll <laughs> make the dink-doink sound, and it'll say, Dungeon Crawlers Radio, and it'll be worth, like, 25,000 Dungeon Crawlers gaming points. Awesome! Yeah, so. <laughs> that you can cash in to get nothing. That you can cash in to get nothing. <laughs> we will. No, no, no. If you can get a million Dungeon Crawlers Radio game points, We'll give you something. Yeah, well, here's the deal. The problem is there's only one... We only have one achievement so far. Exactly. So... It's uh, going to take a while. Well, you can only unlock the achievement once. Yes, yes. So it'll take a while. It will take a while. Yeah. <laughs> so if you do come down through uh, Gamers Inn and Lehigh here, though, um, if you pick something up, just mention uh, that you heard about the store through Dungeon Crawlers Radio, and we'll give you a DCR pin that you can put on your backpack or something like that. Because we have those. We have them. We don't have them probably until next Thursday, but we do have them. So just, you know, just come in and just mention that you've uh, heard of the store through our show, uh, and we will get you a Dungeon Crawlers pin that were exclusively given out at Comic-Con this year. Gen Con. Oh, yeah. Gen Con. Gen Con. -Con. Yeah, that's right. The other con with different names. <laughs> and, and, and con con to, to, to some people the the superior con yes ooh, ooh. some people well, gen, well gen con was, was pretty statement. awesome but they're yeah they're different things so yeah two different beasts so <laughs> that's right there's still plenty of the plus twenty to pimping achievements plus twenty to pimping achievements man I yep. got that one pins. that one was the most popular yep. oh hands down we were handing those ones out like freaking candy yeah we, we would like and just the most amazing does. Everyone from Wizards was taking those like crazy. Yeah, that's what I say. I oh, know. Okay. They liked me there or something. <laughs> yeah, we were. Uh, I was. Uh, I was waiting in line for the uh, for the player's handbook. I. I uh, yeah, you were. Yeah, you were there I, with I was me. with you. And I had like the 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 bag, the shoulder bag with them and me and people. Lived, and as soon as I started handing out the first few, and then suddenly, crowd. You got buttons. Yeah, and I'm like buttons. I'm like wee. Yeah, I'm, I'm handing, buttons, man. Yeah, dude. Flare, flare for everybody. Well, and, and I think we'll have some pretty awesome redesigned ones for next con season too. So I'm uh, wrangling Mrs. Word Drew into designing us a few things. So, uh, so we should have some nice, big, bright, shiny buttons for next year. It'll be different. And apparently, we have to keep the plus twenty to pimping. I don't know. Of also, course, also found somebody that makes dice bags. <gasps> Ooh, Ooh. that's yes. Mm. Daddy like ambiguous <laughs> suggestion on air. So are we gonna take a are we gonna take a quick uh, music interlude? We're gonna or? take a uh, music break and then we'll come back with a little bit more of our interview and then we gotta jump into Gamer Forge emails because we've got six. Thank you everybody for sending us your interview. Yeah. And so because of that, I'm just gonna play Jonathan Colton's song. I feel fantastic. We'll be back. Cool. <laughs> Don't I? 
felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now, right now I feel fantastic And I never felt as good as how I do right now Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day When I felt the way that I do right now, right now, right now Work is anything but quiet these days I try to mitigate my concentration rate I can see the day unfold in front of me So I take the stairs and hit the gym The phone is ringing when I get to my desk We'll put the singing sound with sharp pain in my chest So I take a call and next and just chill And then it's time for lunch again All I know is work is easy When you don't stress out about deadlines All I know is to take my medicine I always take my medicine Fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day, when I felt the way that I do right now, right now. I feel fantastic, and I never felt as good as how I do right now. Except for maybe when I think about how I felt that day, when I felt the way that I do right now, right now, right now. Welcome back 
to the land where no one listens. Apparently, yeah. according to Google. <laughs> I'm just trying to lighten the mood here. Let's go. Yeah. So, uh, not only that. Oh, awesome. Look at that. I said all that with no microphone. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to the land where no one listens, because Drew said that, I said that, and my microphone was off. There See? You go. Even so I made Nobody was listening. No one was listening yeah, at that moment. Yes. Yeah, well, they could probably hear me from the other mic. Yeah, that's true. Good job, Revan. Yes. Very quietly. Professional. We're, we're always so professional that we're we not. Are. Yeah. So, anyways, uh... We're back with uh, Michael from Ga- Gamers Inn and Nathan, which is his son, and he is c- so. So, Michael is the business side of Gamers Inn. Nathan is. Wh- what would you say you are? <laughs> I'm the fun part. You're the fun He's the part. Fun. I love it. All right, all right. So business in front, party in the back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no. Yeah, he, he's, 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 yeah, he's yeah. the mullet. <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's the back of the mullet. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, so, well, if you think about it, though, that's a really high praise because yeah, it is. That's the only thing people think about when they talk about mullets is it, the back. Is right? the hair? Yeah. They, they never really consider focus like, on the front. The feathered front. It's yeah. Always the, the, the hair in the back. Yeah. In the back, yep, right? yep. So you're the part people remember. There yes. You go. <laughs> so. This is kind of your guys' combined dream, I guess, in a way. Or is it just hit Nathan's dream? And you're funding it. And you're funding it. <laughs> he, he's paying for what I'm doing, yes. That's awesome. Wow. He's the money behind everything. I All I can it. say is you better be giving praises to your father every day. Because there's no way in crap I'm buying a, a game store for my kids. <laughs> Not yet. No. Not yet. Never. <laughs> I mean, no, it's pretty cool. Uh, the... You guys are working together on this project. So far, it's a success, just from yeah. the atmosphere. Um, I, I don't. I've never seen you guys quarrel. I'm sure you guys do, but it, everything seems to flow very well. Yeah, we. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's quarreling and everything, but it's also fun quarreling. Yeah. Uh, he he still thinks he can uh, out wrestle me, but he hasn't been able to prove it yet. Awesome. <laughs> he still thinks he can beat me at chess. Oh. oh. Wow. Have you ever have you ever won? Uh, yeah, like five times. Oh, uh, whatever. <laughs> uh, he, he he does have weird dreams. So. <laughs> the gauntlet's being thrown on air. See what, see what you guys started. Yes. No, that's uh, awesome. Actually, actually, you know what? I've enjoyed this time. I've gotten to spend with him a lot and mm-hmm. everything. And uh, but one of the things that we do, uh, uh, we do homeschool. Yeah. And this is actually part of homeschooling. Uh, Instead of kind of sitting in front of a desk and learning, you know, business mm-hmm. and math and stuff like that, he gets to learn it here. He gets to learn marketing skills and salesmanship skills and, and uh, you know, what it takes to be able to run a business. Because mm-hmm. the things he'll learn here, uh, he'll be able to take with him wherever he goes. Yeah. No, I mean, and that, that's great. I mean, that's the one thing that fire I, me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the one thing I really hated in school is, you know, you're sitting there, you're looking at the textbooks, you're going through the text, but it really kind of gets you ready for anything. I mean, when I was going to school for my degree, I learned more actually on the job than I did in class. And so this is a great environment. It's one you love. You're surrounded by games and people and you get to run, I mean, come on, you get to run D&D games and, and yeah. that, I mean, that's part of school. Man, my school sucked. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. 
Yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, go ahead. Incorporating your subject into your working here. Uh, well, obviously, it's nice, you know, running, GMing Pathfinder and D&D all the time. It's a lot of fun getting paid to do it. <laughs> well, um, also, I've learned a lot of new games trying to, you know, figure out all these new rule sets. I finally learned how to play Yu-Gi-Oh! Because we're going to start running tournaments for that. That was a little fun. Cool. That was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Tried out a lot of new games. I Before this, I had mostly only played older games, Axis and Allies and things, and done a lot of newer games now because, you know, I now have access to them. Nice. Look, if, all I know, like, I sucked at high school. That's <laughs> that's kind of the truth of it. But if, if my English class would have been world building and reading oh, I know. RPG books, <laughs> and if my class, would, if my math class would have been, like, reconciling books for selling board games, yeah. and if I would have had a class in, like, critical thinking skills with the strategy of board games and Magic the Gathering, um, yeah, I would have I would have been a pretty successful student <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. I would have been a lot more attentive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do creative writing for four hours and world build. Well, know, it's so. incentive-based learning. You know, you sit there and you talk about, uh, you know, you talk to, you get parents a lot and they'll, as you guys get older, uh, your kids will grow up and you'll be trying to get them to do their schoolwork all the time. And mm-hmm. why don't you read that? I don't want to and everything. But man, you, you give them a D&D or Pathfinder book or a rule book to a game and they'll just devour it. And yeah. They know the details, and they can keep all the scores and stats in their heads and do the math. And basically, they're doing the same thing, but it's it's incentive-based learning. It, it's what they you know it's what they enjoy doing, so they're going to learn. It's like anything else we do, you know. Uh, Drew likes. What do you like, Drew? Everything. Everything. <laughs> Apparently, Warhammer. He's I buying it up like crazy. That's the new thing, but I like lots of stuff. Oh, you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if you tell me, hey, man, take out the trash and I'll give you a girlfriend, like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking out the trash. Uh, hopefully, uh... I don't, I don't think uh, Mrs. Wordry is so. <laughs> No, I mean... We're in Utah. Yeah, no, it, oh, gosh. Oh, no, not even touching that. Any of the statements by Wordrews, not condoned by Dungeon Crawlers Radio or Dungeon Crawlers Radio. If anything, Wordrews says... Is, uh, can be found as offensive. Please send all complaints to flagoon at dungeoncrawlersradio.com. That's right. <laughs> I love being the PR guy. <laughs> so, I think we need to start sending them to Word Drew at Dungeoncrawlers Radio because I, I've i actually kept my nose clean for yeah. quite some time now. <laughs> That's right. I'm here to uh, to mix it up. No, I, mean, I think it's great that you're incorporating this into school. I mean, because, you know, sitting down to balance books... Everyone has to learn how to balance your checkbook. You know, yeah. you have this much income going in, coming in. You have this many bills going out. You know, and you, when you're sitting down and saying, "Okay, we spent X amount of dollars to buy this many, you know, box cases of magic cards. We need, you know, and we only sold X number of uh, packs last week. You know, and then balance that out. I mean, that's just awesome. I would definitely would have paid more attention. I hated calculus and everything else, but wow. Mm-hmm. Um, Sounds so, so much more fun. It's so much easier now with, with reconciling a checkbook. You just keep swiping the card until it declines, right? 
Uh, no. Oh, I, no. I must not have any money left. My no. card's not working. <laughs> no. Christmas shopping is like, okay, uh, I have this much, I have this much, I have this much to go. Yeah. No, I, 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 don't, I don't run the card until it says, eh, cut it up. <laughs> you know, not in school, you know, the kids, they do learn how to balance a checkbook yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And if they do, they get an A. Yeah. You know, if Nathan, if he doesn't balance the checkbook... We go out of business. Yeah, we go out of business, yeah. and he can't do games anymore. Yeah, <laughs> no pressure, Nathan. No pressure. Yeah, yeah. So, so what are you? Um, what are you specifically hands on with in the store in terms of your weeknight um, or, or your weekday uh, uh, agenda that you have? Like, I know that you say that you you run the Pathfinder game and that sort of stuff. Just talk about the things that you like doing interacting with the with the customers that come in well i like talking to the customers a lot and uh learning lots of new game systems i've <laughs> learned way more games in short couple of weeks than i have at any other time and been learning a lot of new systems trying out new things everyone has new ideas about you know which games they like and i like talking to the people and you know you know seeing what the kind of things they like and yeah what they enjoy. Cool. So you're a problem solver, right? So that's what that's what your dad was talking about earlier, is that when someone comes in and they don't quite know what they want, you're immersing yourself in the game so that you can kind of help guide them to what they're really looking for, but they may not know, right? Yeah. I, I try and look for uh, different games. They'll give us descriptions of kind of what they're looking for, age groups and stuff, and I'll, I I can usually find something that that works out for them. Awesome. All right, let's let's go for this. So, <laughs> I need a game. Challenge accepted. For a group of kids from 7 to 12 that's really fun, that'll keep their attention, that's quick, fast, but complicated enough that the adults will enjoy. How many people? At l- least up to six. Um, well, I'd have to say either Love Letter... I'd say that one a lot, okay. false advertising everybody. Or I'd have to say uh, Ultimate Werewolf. Ultimate Werewolf's like from five to seventy-five players, super huge and. And this is something com- a, a seven-year-old can play. Yeah, I yeah. comprehend pretty cool. Yeah, it's very, very easy and simple, but very <laughs> hands-on. Uh, Ultimate Werewolf, sort of like Mafia, but awesomer with werewolves and stuff. Okay, and some of these kids cannot handle extensive rules. It has to be really simple. So we're good? Yep. Okay. Good job. Now, see, I would have said something totally different. What would you have said? Okay, so six kids, right? Yep. Seven to how old? Seven to 12. Seven to 12. Yes. Okay, something very simple. Yep. And something even the adults can play. Yep. But not too complex. Yes. A box. A box. A box. <laughs> 52 card pickup. <laughs> I thought you were going to say hiss. <laughs> no. No, it's actually, uh, I'd probably say uh, Takanako. Okay. That's the, that's the bamboo growing one, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. The panda. Yep. Very nice. Fun game. Or you could just throw them in the deep end. Go Pathfinder, guys. So, so Drew yeah. has had an experience. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this we, I, okay, I'm, I'm going to throw it out here. I, we kind of said it before. So I tried running D&D with uh, two of my boys and one of their friends, and Drew came over to, to help them out. Drew played a cleric. <laughs> so they leave the town, 
And I give them hints that they can hear some goblins up ahead. So what do you think they do? My my son's buddy goes, I charge in screaming and yelling. <laughs> so he charges in. Of course, the goblins know he's there. So I roll. And my very first roll is a critical hit. And I roll max damage. <laughs> he's a level one character. He instantly drops dead. So my boy, they, they charge in. They get their butts kicked, pretty much. So I'm being really nice because Drew hasn't finished his character yet. And I bring him back to life. You know, get him up. You know, they get fully healed by some magical feather. And now they think the magical phoenix is always going to resurrect them, which I should never have done. Yeah, you should never have done <laughs> Anyways, so they so I'm like, Okay, these goblins are they just think you're ridiculous, they're walking away. What are you gonna do? Instead of running, this other the my son's friend yet again goes, I scream and yell and charge at them. I roll again, and I roll another critical hit and max damage. He dies instantly. Needless to say, my son yeah. barely scraped by one, and then Drew shows up. And then they go to fight an ogre. There's an ogre and some goblins. And so he's like, son's friend goes, I'm going to go hide in the trees. So he's hiding in the trees. I'm thinking, oh, he's finally picked up on this. And he moves. Sons are getting beat up. And, he's, and so he's like, I'm going to charge and scream across the field to get the goblins on the other side instead of hitting the ones next to the trees in the river. <laughs> Needless to say, the goblin at the river picks up his bow and fires an arrow. And I roll another critical hit, max damage. He's dead. He was sacrificing a lot of the souls that he's taken in his gingerness. Yes. Well, he, he's not a ginger. Just, just, no, no, oh, I'm talking me? about you. Yeah. Yeah, Revan must have must have uh, spent a couple of souls just to teach just you to get a lesson. Just keep rolling, yeah. So I, I agree though. I, I like I like the suggestion of uh, getting kids to role play young. I mean, that's when the imagination is most ripe, and that's when believability is is kind of the easiest to for people to buy into. You have to do a pretty rules light system, I would think, um, but. Yeah, it was, it was, that was an interesting session. And yeah. They kept begging me to heal them, and I was like, I'm not healing. Well, they, they were treating the cleric like crap. Yeah. You know, they were calling him names and just, heal me. He's like, I, I'm not going to heal you. I'm my, eating my stew. My, my character was literally sitting at a campfire eating stew while they were charging across the yeah. field at an oak. Well, and, and, and <laughs> his, character, his yeah. cleric decided to join the battle when my son's friend got impaled by a spear from the ogre hucking it, and his body went flying across the river to slam into the tree next to Drew's character. Yeah. And he's like, I guess I better do something now. I damn <laughs> but yeah. that thing too. And again, <laughs> I resurrected him. I resurrected him again just so he could die through a critical hit. Yeah. Again, it was the weirdest thing. Oh, I haven't been able to do it since. Would have gotten away with it too if it hadn't been for you darn kids. Yeah. Well, my best experience, my best the best luck I've had with younger kids is actually um, I started them out as, you know, low-level characters, and I started them out at, in custody of a more experienced player, my other, my older brother, mm -hmm. and my, well, older than them, um, more experienced player, and he was an ogre who had captured them. And for the first little while in the game, they had to, um, he, he was sort of supposed to keep them in line while trying to get them to this slave camp. Minions. And so, yes, they were minions for a while. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so they were, hmm. you know, trying to get them to learn the rules of the system and 
what you should not do. And then by the time they had escaped from him, then they had gotten a little more of a feel for hmm. what they're not supposed to do. Okay. Was, was one of them named Eric the Red, whose hair is actually black? black. <laughs> <laughs> I have, I plan, I have plans for that character. Well, again, let's let's give the address to the, the store. Yeah. Which is... Go ahead. 1245 West Main, Lehigh, Utah. All right. Perfect. Tell us where you can find us. Or where... where, <laughs> where tell us where we can find you. Yeah. There we go. The website. Holy cow. Uh, our website is gamersinlehigh.com. Okay. And we have also have a Facebook page. You can reach us at. Okay. So the last portion of the show, I, I know you guys have kind of listened to it. We do the game reports where... We actually have listeners email in their gamer questions. You're welcome to stay yeah. since you, you, you're kind of experienced and throw in your two bits. Um, just We're down to 38 minutes, and we got to get these because yeah, we, we have six. Wow, man. Okay. So, uh, let's do it. Yeah, Nathan, definitely. We want to have your input on, on some of these gamers. So you may, you may have some, some advice on these. So I'm going to start with Norwal the Halfling Cleric. All right. <laughs> Is it Norwal or Narwhal? I don't know. Is it an A or an O? It's N-O-R-W-A-L. Okay, so it's, All right. it's not the mythical creature. That no, to the fine cool. folks at Dungeon Crawlers Radio, we met at FanX last year, and I got to sit in and listen to your live show. I have to say, at first I wasn't so sure, but I've listened to your show, and it has grown on me. I have a question for you regarding my character. I have a halfling cleric, a Bahamut, who wears his holy symbol as an amulet around his neck as a spellcasting focus, so material components are not an issue. However, per the question, this does not cover the somatic components of any spells he casts. He also wields a light crossbow as his only weapon, which has the two-handed weapon uh, property. How does Raw handle somatic casting when you're holding a two-handed weapon? Can I simply take a hand off my weapon, cast a spell, and regrip all in the same action? If not, has anyone run into this problem at their table before, and how did you handle it? Um, technically, well, if you're using the 5th edition rules, yeah, you can you can do that. If you're just standing still, you can just let go of the weapon, use the neck, um, you can effectively just grab your amulet or something, mm-hmm. boldly present it out, because that's, a, I think, traditionally how clerics are supposed to cast their spells. Yeah. They boldly present their... Well, and you can their, hold the crossbow with one hand. It just takes two hands takes to, to hold the yeah, because Yeah, because you can be able to cast a spell, but you can't cast a spell and shoot a weapon. It's Correct. Like, yeah, there's nothing you can really do about that. So... Yeah, I don't see any reason why not. What I would say is somehow make the crossbow your amulet. Like have like the front of it like hanging down like a banner. Just kind of like kind of like what Van Helsing did with his crossbow. Yeah, had so that big like, ram's head at the end. Yeah, exactly. Right. Ooh, that now, could be cool. Now you can just you don't have to take a hand off. You just put the crossbow in the creature's face. And then you don't know if you're going to get zapped or shot. Right? Like, <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think that's awesome. That could work. Any other one else? I, I think this one's a pretty simple one. Yeah, like. yeah. Joe pretty much going to talk about it. You know. Okay. Yeah. Now you can do one or the other. Yeah. You can't do both. All right. Jason Ford writes in. Hello, Jason. Welcome Hello. to the Gamer Ford. Hey, guys. This is a past, Pathfinder question, so I hope you can help. All right. I'm a little confused by the core rulebook's uh, definition of craft alchemy. To make an item using craft alchemy, you must have uh, an alchem... I cannot speak this one. Uh, an alchemical... Equipment? Alchemical. Alchemical. I don't know why that was getting tongue-tied on it. If you are working in a city, you can buy what you need as parts of the raw material cost to make the item. But alchemical equipment is difficult or impossible to come by in some places. Purchasing and maintaining an alchemist lab grants you a plus-two circumstance bonus on craft alchemy. Check 
because you have the perfect tools for the job. If you have the alchemist lab, can you assume you have alchemical equipment already? So alchemical equipment wouldn't need to be sold in that area for your craft items. That's a very uh, interpretation on this, Nathan. Well, I generally interpret the um, the alchemy lab to be more of tools of the trade, you know, bottles, tweezers, yeah. you know, things like that. I mean, it might have a base supplement, so I might educate that anything ten g any materials ten gp or under you automatically have, but anything large you'd need to purchase. I yeah, I'd probably say. Anything larger than a certain amount, they'd have to purchase. Yeah, it makes sense. Stuff yeah. they wouldn't normally have. So the hard part about that and the solution, all in the same part, is one: if you have a, a lab, mm-hmm. right? Typically, that's a fixed location. But I would just recommend you Heisenberg it and just just get, a, <laughs> get yourself uh, a, a motorhome or like a stagecoach. Well, right? yeah, right. You know. And just Heisenberg that stagecoach out into the middle of the forest. Right? Sweet, we're gonna make or, ourselves some scotch. Or unless you're like Spider, like Spider from Ari Salvatore's book, his alchemical lab actually folds up and he puts oh, it yeah. in his bag of holding. Wow. So, uh, well, yeah, that's yeah. great awesome if you have an, if you have a bag of holding. You're right, yeah. but it also it does fold up that it could easily fit in a backpack. Okay. His does, so. yeah. If you had, uh, but again, his is just Bunsen burners, beakers, and stuff like that. He still has to have the materials because it is just a lab. It's sure. not the items uh, that he needs to distill and create the yeah, potions. I don't know. I'm, I, I'm in fa- I, I, I think the same way that Nathan does on this. I figure if you have a lab, I can I consider like the nominal materials. Oh yeah, are, I mean, are in there. But if it's like, hey, you need venom from this thingy with venom, then, yeah, you got to go kill that or harvest it somehow or buy it, right? Yeah. But the, the normal stuff, I just consider... It's kind of like, like Hearthfire yeah. from Skyrim. Once when you start putting stuff into your house, mm-hmm. things yeah. kind of appear <laughs> in places you don't mean In places. Uh, yeah, I mean, under 10 gold pieces, I think yeah. that's a great idea. So yeah, it's a really, it's kind of more the uncommon or the really rare stuff that you yeah. have to spend your money on for like, you know, you're not going to just have, you know, dra- gold dragon egg shells just laying around all over the place. Sure. You have to go hunt those down. I think the one thing we are kind of, that we're uh, overlooking here is a, uh, one particular word, which is circumstance, as in circumstance bonus. So I would, I would presume that, um, uh, when you're uh, like, let's say you do rec- need a specific alchemical item, but you just you you know like you don't have it marked down on your sheet, or maybe it's left somewhere. What you can uh, part of making the alchem the 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 craft alchemy check is that um, um, you, when you have the lab, you roll the check, and the circumstance bonus is that you just happen to have what you need. And so, like, let's say you are away from somewhere that has, you know, free access to alchemical supplies, you know, big cities, um, wizards' towers, things like that. Um, that's why the um, you can increase the the DC um, to yeah. to your craft alchemy check because to to con- to I guess um, to account for the fact that you may not have what you need, but you're still getting the 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 circumstance bonus. From having the, the the kit and the lab and all that stuff, okay. I like that. And so, if you're away from town, yeah, the DC would be higher because you might not have it. But yeah. then again, you might actually have it, or you may have stumbled across it. Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. Nice. So there's a couple of ways we can account for that. Nice. Like maybe you don't have venom, but you could do a tincture of this or 
For that. Uh, yeah, uh, you can substitute it. Titrations. Uh, I'm just trying to sound <laughs> like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> All right. We got this covered. Throw yeah, a die at your DM. That's really the best answer. <laughs> Not a good one. That's All right. the best answer I, for every I situation. Like Let's move on to the next one. All right. Who's this from? Randall Jack- Jacobson. Randall, hello, Randall Jacobson. Randall Jacobson. Welcome to the Gamer Forward. So I'm needing some help. I live in Baltimore, Maryland. I want to start a D&D club at my school, but I need help explaining what D&D is to the principal to get the idea accepted. Can Dungeon Crawlers give me any pointers? Wow, oh, that's a good one. That is. That is awesome. Challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. I would wow. say that we should have a phone call with the principal. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. So Who wants to handle this first? I mean, it's just for clarification. So they're, they're, so he's asking, do, do they want us to help him craft a sales pitch, or is he just he's looking for a straight he definition? Want it? He says, I need help explaining what D&D is to the principal. So, like, Baltimore would be, like, the really eastern end of, like, the Bible Belt of America, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, think there, I think there might be some hesitation yes. there. So. Which, yeah, I, I, I get that. Yeah. I could totally get that. Um, so it's probably just trying to explain it in a way that's like, hey, this isn't just demons. And well, what I would, you know, kind of one thing you can point out is it's a social gaming experience yes. that allows you to interact socially. It allows you to use mathematics, writing, creative writing, and not only that, acting and uh, improv. Story. Yeah, I mean, and story building this, and storytelling. D and D, I think is I think the reason I love it so much is it hits on all of these things. And I and I literally going through school, I related a lot of my lessons to D and D. Right, mm-hmm. that's just how I thought of math, and that's how I thought of writing. Well, I read this really cool story in a book. Mm-hmm. How can I write a really cool story? Well, I know that it needs like a fight scene, and I know that the hero needs to win and. Those things are very intrinsic in games in general, and D&D is, is like a, a foundation for that. So you're exactly right. It teaches you um, creative thinking, right, and mm-hmm. problem solving. Those are those are some buzzwords that you want to talk about. Um, it, it teaches you to interact with peers, so there's a huge social element to it. Uh, everyone thinks of geeks as these kind of like stinky guys in the closet or in their parents' basement. <laughs> those, those are just the guys yeah. that play Call of Duty. Right, yeah, that's true. And, well, then, and, let's be, let, and let's be real, too, real here, too. It's like, yes, those, I mean, they do exist. There's a reason why the, that, um, that stereotype, that, that, yeah, that stereotype was created, because they do exist. And unfortunately, that, that sort of became the... Um, Norm the, the, the go-to image yeah. Yeah, and I just, for it. I, I would, I would, and I actually really want to hear what Michael has to say about this being a, a, a homeschool teacher. But it, it just, there's so many elements that school is trying to teach you and trying to get you to learn that you just intrinsically get by playing Dungeons and Dragons. All of the things that Joe mentioned, you know, that's what school is really trying to get you to do: to be a problem solver, to think creatively and strategically. Um, and, and think outside know, the box. Yeah. I mean, there's One so thing many you can also sell the uh, sell the uh, principle on this is it's relatively cheap buy-in. Yeah. All you really need is maybe three books. You, yeah, three books. And yeah. Three books then, and a handful of dice. Yeah, you don't. And really you don't even need, need all three books. Just, just say principle. Think of the cost of this versus well, having to remove graffiti off of your school wall. Well, not right? that. Yeah. It's a club, so I'm assuming everyone would already have It'd to bring the material. Yeah, the school doesn't have to yeah, pay for that. If the school sponsored it, that'd be pretty BA, though. That would be. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but let's hear what you're yeah, yeah, yeah. School sponsor gets well, you a geek chic table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was I was sitting there thinking, uh, you know, what what 
for a principal, you know, you get past the, uh, you know, the Bible Belt part and everything. I used to live in the Bible Belt, but, you know, it's it's a classic good versus evil. Yeah. Um, you get to foster something that doesn't get fostered at all any, in, anymore in today's kids with all the electronics, and that's imagination. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's pretty much the the, the core of all Pathfinder, of all role-playing games, is your imagination. Yeah. You know, you've, you've got to be able to use that, and you're building the story in your head and everything, and that's something the kids today really aren't used to. Um, one of the things that we use in homeschool are what we call unit studies. Okay, if it, if anybody doesn't know what unit studies are, it basically brings together different subjects into one package. You've got, you've got math, you've got writing, reading, critical thinking, mm-hmm. all these things. Well, guess what? Pathfinder, D&D, role has games. All that. It's a unit study. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you actually have all those things combined into one thing, and the kids don't even realize they're doing it, but they're having fun doing right. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Draw your character, and now you've got art included, right? Yeah. Come up with a poem or a song, and now you've got music included in yeah. it. If well, I mean, not it's, that. It's, it's one of the ultimate compilations of uh, tangential learning. Yeah. You know, you can you can throw in real life characters, real life people from history, and be like, okay, we're going to be doing a uh, you know we're going to be doing something with uh, Galileo. We need to make up a story that's going to have Galileo in it, right. involving some of the things that he's done. Yeah. Yeah. Or just, I mean, just stay with the stay on the highway of mythology, right? Go explore King Arthur. There we go. Court, right? yeah. I mean, or any of the Greek my- or Roman yeah, mythology. Right. Yeah, but- yeah. Um, I mean, there, there's tons of options. And when all else fails, I would say Colin Vin Diesel. He's a supporter of <laughs> oh, the yeah, Dragons. Well, Col- just say, if Stephen Colbert can do this, I should be Well, able there's, to. Another, there's another <laughs> really good book that I, I would kind of pull reference to. Uh, Shelley Mazzanoble wrote a great, small little book called Everything I Learned in Life, I Learned from D&D. Yep. Yes. Um, and shameless it, plug. No, it is a really shameless plug, but really, you know, she had never played D&D before. Until she started writing and then she started playing. And literally, it, she corresponded with so many different life lessons. So, I mean, I would and take a look at that. When she yeah. started, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and she's hooked. I mean, she, yeah. she's hooked, line and sinker. It, it just happens to help that it's part of her job, but, you know. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, how would you pitch this to, yeah, to your dad? Yeah, you, or right now, people? you are in the perfect spot. You are the same, probably the same age this person is. How would you do this? Well... Like you said, especially as a DM, a lot of it, every, every part of the arts is incorporated into D&D. I actually took drawing classes so I could learn to draw characters in D&D. <laughs> and I, I took creative writing for that reason. I also um, went in and listened to the choirs. I was writing a, you know, a, like a guttural chant. And uh, they were, I went and listened to some choirs to try and, some of that it's very cool. multicultural and it's even i had a player once he was nuts but um he went we were uh they were all standing around this huge pillar and there was these these bad guys camped at the bottom of a ridge at the bottom of the canyon and this guy he measured the shadow of the uh the pillar to figure out how exactly how tall it was and he actually did the math to figure out how to get it to tip over and um, and he got it to sl- he dug a channel at the right angle so it would slide all the way down the hill and he actually impaled my super bad guy with a fifty foot long <laughs> pillar. Okay, I, I, I bet you the Pythagorean theorem was in there somewhere. I I just have to ask one question. Please tell me he did not have an intelligence score of seven. It was 
nine or so, I think. <laughs> How did he do the advanced math at a nine? It doesn't. Well, it doesn't. He matter, used right? his yeah, fingers. Yeah, yeah. We're talking about pitching this to a principal. We're okay. Not talking yeah, yeah, about yeah, the okay. details yeah. of that game. Fine. Right. He and used that, his that's fingers. Way, you, let's yeah. Blindly lie to the principal to get them to approve this. Class. All right. That, Go that, ahead that, for that one. Okay. Just get them to approve it. Yes. We, no. I mean, hopefully, that is cool. I mean, that was really cool. Um, Good luck with that. And if you need, I'm just thinking it's my GM thing. If he has a nine, different question. So here's what we would say: pitch it. Uh, with those points that we've discussed, if there's still an issue, you and your principal call into the show one week. Um, oh, wow. We'll give you the number, and we will talk to the principal. And we'll sit down and talk with the principal for you? <laughs> yeah. Like we, we, will hear you we, will, we will hear your concerns, and we will try. And we will, I, I promise you, we will be able to assuage any fears. I was, a about program, I was a program director at a daycare. I ran a class that was 6 to 13-year-olds, mm-hmm. which was ridiculous. In and, and of yeah. I will, I will, and and on top of this, I will also put in a caveat that we will not browbeat you if you still don't believe right. what we say. Yeah, right. yeah. Everybody is entitled to their own for sure. particular yes. opinion. For sure. When I ran that program, I had like the six to like eight or nine year olds. They played with toys, and that mm-hmm. was great. But my older kids were so bored. Um, I brought in magic, and we started playing. And nice. the, the owner of the company came in and said, "Look, some of these pictures are weird, and there's some." You know, there's some intense language in terms of like blood face, blah blah blah, or whatever. <laughs> and I was like, we're looking we, like the kids aren't even reading the cards. They know the mechanic, and they're you know they're tapping for mana. They're thinking of strategy. And when I pitched it that way, she's like, this is genius, you know. And yeah. I had ten kids hooked on magic well, that yeah. whole summer. Yeah. And yeah. I, I may have done some like really sweet trades where I got foil cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't like that. Yeah. You don't need that thing. That, that's just. I'll take that from you and throw it away. We're not hearing you. You're you're not hearing me. There we go. Yeah. So you're we're you know it's good to think past um, and explain beyond the superficial imagery Mm -hmm. that often gets um, um, associated. uh, Yeah, gets associated with with the role playing games and Dungeons and Dragons in particular, especially um, after um, we can look take a look back in actual history here, back in the early '80s when um, it was. Um, it was. Uh, I don't. I don't think they actually ever went to court about it, but it was definitely in the news mm-hmm. a lot. How uh, there was like mysterious deaths associated with it, and people went missing. And they even went so far as to release a really crappy movie starring Tom Hanks yeah. called <laughs> Mazes and Monsters. That was a great movie. Which I highly recommend people actually watch because it is, it's actually a a good, uh, a pretty good note in in history mm-hmm. about the perception of role playing games because well, it like. One German kid trips on acid and goes into the sewers and dies, right, pretending to play D&D, and, and then everyone gets in a huff. I don't understand. Well, see, yeah, but the, the, and the, like the, the original story that, that came about that was, um, I can't remember the lady's name, who was like so vocal about it. She was um, with like the uh, Christian Coalition or something like that, and, and that started the whole fervor against it. Turns out like the, the entire story was debunked anyways. It never oh, yeah. actually happened. No, it didn't. And so... And uh, you know, I mean, so it's kind of important to point stuff like that. A lot of these things that are associated with it, a lot of these stories that get attached to it, and a lot of these fears that people have are more often than not completely unfounded. Yeah. Now it is complete social stigma, and a lot of it, and then um, and like stereotypes that don't um, that that have no basis in reality. So I mean, part of that should also be part of that should be your sales pitch. 
Well, I'm I'm sure the cover of first edition didn't help either. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, you can you can pretty much point to I mean, a lot of the artwork, right? And that's what people see first. And the people that have an outside view in, they're seeing the artwork and they're seeing some of the verbiage that's used in the game, and they automatically associate it with, you know, either it's like, um, you know, that it's either like demonic or satanic or yeah. or something like that, which is obviously not the case whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, or or they're thinking that it's this big hedonist game because all they see are these buxom women, you know, on covers of things. Yeah. And the industry's gotten a lot better about like sexism in the game place and making sure that there's fair representation and maybe there's a little more clothing or actually women actually wear armor. Like, whoa, holy crap. You know, yeah. Who'd have thought, right? Um but but, yeah, I, I mean, the games have come a long way, and you're exactly right. The first edition artwork, especially the cover, is enough to make a lot of people go, whoa, what exactly is this? Yeah. But it, it's you just have to get past that, right? You're telling a story. You're, I mean, you're, you're dramatizing and you're strategizing the entire time. It's just, it's the perfect culmination of so many of the things that we really hated during school that we really related to in the game, which I think, I mean, for people like me, it helped us get through school. So. Mm-hmm. All right. I think, I think we're we, good. We I need think to move we on. beat this one home. Yeah. But again, again if you need Drew, any clarification, you need us to write anything up, send us an email and say, can you write us up, you know, write me up a quick little blurb about her. Oh, that, that or, yeah, I mean, yeah. Info or, you know, have your principal call in. Something over, yeah, Wordrew might do something over the holiday break. All right, Samantha Martin writes in. Hello, Samantha. Hello, Welcome Samantha to Gamerforge. Hello, boys in Sakura. I'm GMing a 3.5 D&D game, and I'm using the deck of many things in my campaign. <laughs> it's a way to let the chaotic create chaos and let the lawful characters fight against drawing cards. Anyways, I'm trying to be, prepare, uh, I'm trying to be prepared for some of the cards in advance. One of the cards states that the character retains its race but changes type. Since all of the characters are humanoid, how does this affect them they change to, let's say, Aberration, since it's the first on the list. Does the ca- One, does the character suffer changes to their stats? Two, what about their hit dice, saves, etc.? Three, if the character gains a level, do they get hit dice and saves from their class or their type? Four, are the character's class levels replaced by monster levels? I look forward to your response, and you were... And if you were to talk about my question on air, that would make me all fuzzy inside. Sammy, the DCR lover. Well, yeah. Sammy, get ready to feel all fuzzy because we are going to talk about this baby for some time. It's better to feel fuzzy inside than outside. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it really feels nice to be fuzzy. Like, you put on a brand new fleece something. Oh, that feels great. So, enough, wow. about, enough about fleece clothing. Let's talk about this. And we need to hurry because we got 16 minutes yeah. and we still have to hit Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> All right. So, does okay. the character Look, suffer changes to their stats? Do they? I, don't, I honestly don't think there are rules that discuss this, right? I don't. There really it, isn't. It's um, kind of loose. And, and so, I've always I love 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 the deck of many things. Mm-hmm. The the last campaign I tried to get going with my local group in Michigan before mm-hmm. everybody started moving away. The first thing you did after creating characters was draw from the deck of many things. It was like a, it was like a recurring motive that I had wow. planned throughout. There was an NPC that would come through, and they basically had to draw from the deck to advance to the next part of the story. Wow. Um, and it unfortunately never got going. I love it. I typically look at it as just adding on to whatever the characters are at. So if you have a level 5 character, 
and all of a sudden they have to go through a shift from you know a, a human into something else. That aberrate. Well, let's use this this aberration. Aberrations. Yeah. So if there if there are if there are monster levels associated with that. I would just add it on to where they are, so they're potentially getting a little bit more powerful. So they're a little more, they're a little more tougher aberration. Right. Yeah, and it's it's just them advancing by by a magical means because the reverse side is there are some nasty things in the deck of many things that will totally screw you over, you over yeah. down to a lower level. So I, to me, I take wherever they're at when they draw the card as baseline, and then I add or I subtract from wherever they're at. I don't. There's no reason to go through and recreate a character mm-hmm. as if they were an aberration yeah. level one. No. That's so. Do so that. we'll That's just say from this point forward, they're moving forward as an aberration. Yeah. Yep. So it's almost, if they have so a monster it's, level it's plus kind of one, almost in a way of being like, I'm playing a rogue and now I want a dual class and I want to start working on fighter skills. Instead of having to re-roll all of my stats as a fighter now, I just have to divvy up my experience into fighter levels. Yep. And I'm like a level 6 rogue but I'm a level 1 fighter. I would say it's more like changing from a, like a human to a, a, an elf. Okay. So we're still yeah. just so in that sense you take like whatever the aberrations stat bonuses yeah. are and just add them to the stat block yeah. that you're currently working. Yeah. Or any saves or any yeah. resistances, you just gain those. And if it does have like a plus one or a plus two monster level, you yeah. add that onto your character. Yeah, so if it's a plus on. one, you're now a level six character. Yep. Yeah. So I, I was I've never been in favor of bringing any other characters out of line with them. Mm-hmm. other characters. So you you cut out. out again. There you go. Yeah, you're out. Okay. Thank you. That might be a little bit easier. Okay. Thank you. Um, so if one person is level six, everyone is level six. I I I. Am not a fan of having people be on unequal footing, because it's up to the players to make their characters distinct, not not a stat bonus or a stat roll or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if you're gonna, the only the only time I would say change stats is if the type you are changing into has no score at all. So, like things like undead constructs who have no constitution score. You now have no constitution score. Everything else stays the same. So you hate the deck of many things. Um, by and large, yes. I, I, I it, you know, it's funny. Chaos. Oh, the, the new one is awesome. Yeah, the the chaos is funny, but as like a as like a mechanic, I absolutely despise it because it puts everyone on these unequal footings, and 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 my experience says that when people start being on an unequal footing, they tend to lose track of what made the game fun. Because they start, they start worrying about, well, my stats are now this. I no longer do the damage I like. I no longer can do the thing I wanted to do. And so they kind of lose um, the momentum that they had built yeah. up. And they stop focusing on the story and the plot. And, and 3.5 is uh, is definitely one where you kind of go in with a plan of what you oh, want yes. to be. Oh, yes. Absolutely. But, I, but it, you know, it, on the it, flip side, it, as a DM, I see where this can make the story fun and interesting and change things up. Especially in this possibly. case where they have chaotic characters that are constantly drawing cards, and then you have lawful characters that are trying to stop them from drawing cards. I yeah. I would also say that you're to- you're at total liberty to swap out any cards that just don't yeah. fit, and I think that that's that's really kind of where where it fits in with with uh, your game is just making sure um, 
yeah, that that you swap out cards that don't fit the feel of your campaign, and, and that's yeah. totally right. fine to do as well. All right, I would say we've uh, we've kind of hammered this one, and we've yep. got Detroit. So Detroit Gaming Group. Detroit, welcome to Gamer Four. Hello, Dungeon Crawlers. We're a small little gaming group from Detroit. We want to give a shout out to you and to our boys here in Detroit that listen to your show. Represent a little about word. us. We are a small five-man group that includes me and the DM. That's We've been listening to your show for about two years now and thought I'd write in. So let me give you the skinny on what's going on. What's the stitch? We have been playing this current storyline for about three months now. We have saved a town from being attacked by a horde of goblins and orcs. The town loved us and gave us some of their riches and informed the king of what we did. We received a summons from the king, uh, from said king, to help s- slay a demon creature that haunts his realm. Like a bunch of idiots wanting to prove how tough we are, <laughs> we accepted the job without thinking to ask what this creature was. Needless to say, we tracked the beast to its lair. Then one thing happened after another, and our rogue was slain, and the creature got away without us even seeing it. Rick drew up a new character, which we eventually met back in the town we saved, and this time Rick was a rather nasty barbarian. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, we, are at level, we are level three characters. So we went back to the king and asked him what the heck he sent us after. Long story short, the king tells us that this demon is his brother that has been cursed to forever walk the realms of death and shadow. We all looked at each other and realized we just wa- what we just walked into. Yes, our DM had set us up to fight a vampire, and we gleefully <laughs> signed up for it. And to make matters worse, we just left the dead body of our rogue that was training. Wait, wait it gets better was training to be an assassin back in its cave. Or did we? We're not sure if he is now part of the Walking Dead, and he, if he is, then we just gave this vampire one hell of a tool to work against us. So my question to you, <laughs> how do we continue to play our characters knowing this out-of-game knowledge? Because we have never seen or heard of a vampire before, nor has the king. We all want to go shopping for silver weapons, holy symbols, and garlic. But honestly, our characters... But honestly, would our characters do that? We are playing in a custom world where this is the very first vampire ever. So honestly, we wouldn't have even the faintest of ideas on how to kill the thing. Suggestions? Oh, this is... Um, Wow! I want to be on this group. Don't drink before accepting a mission. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Be, be, be light on your libations when talking to the king. Oh, my gosh. I read this one, and I just had to laugh. That is... Wow. Oh. That's why I saved it for last. And I, I, my hat is off to the, uh, to uh, Detroit Gaming Group for not wanting to metagame this. Because yeah. a oh, lot yeah. of people just be like, okay, it's a vampire. Get your silver. Get your uh, holy cross. Yep. Uh, my suggestion for the DM is uh, since... Everybody's kind of starting on a uh, on a on a lay, on a you know on a, a zero point. Yep. Kind of see this as kind of like the beginning of a zombie movie where they have to learn that you have to shoot them in the head. Yep. Oh, yeah. Put them up against some lower level, not very intelligent uh, vampires, and just have the uh, fight so happen to be done in a silver shop. Okay. Or near a church, or near holy symbols. I like that, right? Because the typical mythos is that vampires get stronger over time, right? Yeah. So, so this is a perfect opportunity to bring that rogue back. Um, although for the DM, I know the DM wants to hold it in the back pocket. <laughs> oh for a little, man! Like, I'm gonna screw you over. Uh, yes, but, that would be an awesome little back pocket. By the way, here you go. It, it would be, but maybe it maybe you need to to kill your darling with this and actually sacrifice this. 
newly turned rogue mm-hmm. vampire back on the group and use that as kind of an info dump and learning point, right? Like yeah, they, have them. They have like, a fight. You're you're it. wandering back towards wherever it is, and you find his body, or you find him, and he's walking back to you. He has no idea why he's back and why he's still alive. Yeah. yeah. And Revan is playing with stuff, which always scares I'm try, me. I'm trying to turn Drew's mic up. Oh, if, yeah. So if there we go. I, w- I would also say, like, maybe the DM, maybe a character has a, a staff. Right, mm-hmm. and the DM decides in the middle of the fight with this rogue that the staff gets broken, and now there's a jagged end. And then they try to hit the rogue, and in that, it's not a stake, right? But it is a pointed wooden object that strikes them yeah. in the chest and kills them. And the characters can then not necessarily metagame, but the, the character learns, and so the player can say, oh man, if we stab them with pointy th- wooden things in the chest, they die, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can, you can let the metagame bleed into your game as characters go through that yeah, learning so they, experience. So yeah, exactly. And I can't hear, I can't hear Joe. Yeah. You're actually some he I think Drew turned your mic off. Oh, yeah, I, I totally And I still can't hear and you. And you're still off. Still can't hear you. Still can't hear you. Okay. Court of shame. There There it goes again. There yeah. Ladies okay. and gentlemen, we really do need that. <laughs> so um I would say start off by this. Um it, like, let's take a lesson from the book, 1984. Mm-hmm. The, Which is being the made word, into a movie. Yeah. The word, so the word vampire doesn't even exist in this world yet. How would they know what one is? Right. This is So don't call it a vampire. Make them well, think I, it's something. You know, don't, I, I guess think, don't lie think, to them. But, I think the king is great by calling it a demon. Right. Yeah. Right, because absolutely. that would be the terminology yeah. for that sort of thing. So may, So, I mean, go about it as if. That is what they think it is. It yeah. is a brand new particular character or a demon. Yeah, you know, and it, and yeah, I I like there is no word for that. For I do like how it. when they said they talked to the king, he's like, it, you know, it's my brother has been cursed to walk the realms of death and shadow. You know, obviously they've tried to attack him and yeah. maybe dismember him, and that hasn't worked. Mm-hmm. I, I would assume just from him saying that. So you know, maybe they can ask around. You know, what have you tried? Mm-hmm. Okay, beheading him doesn't work, or cutting off his arm doesn't work. All right, so yeah. you know, stabbing him through this or that. Okay, he he yeah. tended to stay away from garlicky foods for a long time. Well, I mean, we won't. We yeah, don't that, know that that, 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 that euro portion. joint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He, he stopped, that like he, he stopped you know. going to Fazoni's almost immediately. You know, maybe maybe they can talk to like clerks. I mean, one thing that I do like. I don't know if you've had the opportunity to watch uh, Dracula Untold, but that's kind of they kind of went to that where. This is, you know, there was another vampire there before. You know, it, they go to, they pull from the Nosferatu. He was trapped in a cave by clerics. And, you know, he cannot escape. You know, but you know, Vlad goes there and he makes a deal with his vampire to get these powers to save his kingdom and his people from the Turks. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's told he has these powers for three days. But if he can resist the temptation to feed upon blood from another human. He'll go away and he'll go back to normal. Yeah. However, if he does feed upon a human, the cur- you know the barriers that have kept you know Nosferatu in this cave will be dissolved, and he can wreak vengeance upon those who trapped him. And he's now cursed to be a vampire forever. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of interesting because no one really had an idea of what he was. There was just a, a mythos that was kind of 
hinted. There was someone else like this, and there was kind of things that could, and people were kind of trial and error, what worked, what didn't. So I think that's kind of what you need to do. Maybe talk to the clergy. Maybe there is... This has happened before. Yeah, but I wouldn't give them everything. I'd give them maybe... Well, this kind of worked. Leave the breadcrumbs. Yeah, this kind of worked. And, you know, but give them also something that didn't work. So, they, you know, they go charging in and it doesn't work. Miak. Yeah. I think, I think Nathan has to, something to say to, here. Uh, to quote uh, Ernest Scared Stupid. Yes. Um, well, here's something for the players. Um, oh, so now I hear that. Creating, creating, a new, <laughs> creating a new vampire. I mean, I'd guess it's something, you know, by some dark god or something that created it. So, um... So creating something like that would require a good bit of power. So maybe to balance the scales, they, you you might be able to go and talk to some deity and ask them about some, you know, is there any way you can help us, anything you can give us that would help us defeat this monster? And, that's a good, that's you know, a really good one. Help balance the scales. They yeah. might, you know, help you out a little. If you have a cleric, go pray to your god. Well, and, and that's exactly right. Like originally, I was thinking, okay, we could do some sort of info dump. There's an there's an old person living somewhere that. Um, saw something similar right. happen back but, when he was a little but it, kid. But if this is the first one, then it needs to be kind of divine intervention, mm-hmm. right? Like, and that's perfect. Like the cleric prays, like we have no idea what this is. Uh, Our so, guy got killed. Yeah, and, and then there's there's just a little bit of an input, and it doesn't have to be a full like. Here's everything about vampires ever, right? But just something that's like that that even if it exposes one vulnerability, mm-hmm. but. Again, you know, talking about the broken staff to impale it, it could be as simple as, like, you're in a fight with this vampire rogue, and you push it, and it runs into, like, a broken pole or, like, railing of a fence. Yeah, well, te- technically, it's supposed something. to be a specific type of tree. Well, see, but now, oh, we're, just, now we're just... Well, I know, I know, hairs. but... You know, I'm just saying the the, the mythos is broken down right. so much. It's like, oh, wooden stake, you're done. Yeah. No, it has to be. It's a very specific tree, and the name escapes me. But it's a very pure wood, and uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, um, you know, it could be. You know, I like that idea. You know, they go pray to their god, and the god's like, hey, silver. It's a pure metal. Use that against this this unclean creature. Right. I mean, lots of lots you know, of. That's pure... very simple. Yeah. That's or, very simple. Or, or like uh, with a lot of the. Um, the, uh, I guess, messages that gets get sent from mm-hmm. from deities, perhaps uh, perhaps don't word it exactly clearly. Yeah, maybe uh, be, some sort yeah, of a be, riddle or something. Yeah, a riddle. Be you know, don't give it. Don't completely give it to it. the breadcrumbs. I like that. that. Yeah, yeah. We got our, we got our red herring. I got one thing for the Kay. Detroit group. Then number one, go have some slows for me. Send me some if you want to. <laughs> go to the Ve- the Pegasus in Greek Town. Uh, go Red Wings. Go Lions. I'll be home in two weeks to the mitten, baby. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, with that, I, I think that's a great idea. But stay in character. Don't go, oh, it's a vampire. You know, you have no clue what this is. Yeah. But you do, uh, you know, try to find out how you can defeat it. A god is yeah. a great option. Mm-hmm. But don't give him everything. All right. So we're out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week where we have author Kerry Vaughn on the show. You Geek Magazine will be in the house. As well as Omar, uh, that's uh, setting up this next year's uh, Baja Comic Con. He's going to be on the show talking about that. Okay. It's going to be crazy, and it will be the last show that we're doing at least this year because, Aww. unfortunately, the Thursdays follow on Christmas and Christmas or Christmas Eve. 
and New Year's Day. No, Christmas and New Year's Day. Yay. Yeah, crazy as it is. So we will catch you next week, and thank you for Gamers In, uh, our new home. And uh, until then. Yep, good night, Salt Lake. Good night, world. And as always, please get more from your games. Mommy, you shouldn't have said that about, said that. It's nasty to say bad things about people. Santa Claus will punish you.